I'm Clayton Henry, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Wow. I did not do you a service with that intro. Sorry. No, that was uninspired. It, yes, it was. The meter was off. It was just not. It wasn't good. I'm sorry. Be, uh, foreshadowing. I don't know. We'll see how the rest of the episode goes. Could wow. be. I don't know what you mean, but what if? Could be. Could anything, <laughs> anything, anything could happen. Hmm. High off that previous bonus app. Yes. We had fun. I thought that was a good one. That's how we should do it. Like lightning. Lightning strikes. Precise. Yes. Yes. Glad yes, it was, sur- it was surgical, even. I'm glad I suggested it. You are the man. <laughs> I don't know why Jason and I were trying to hold you back with that mess. Not even. I've been in the chair. Not even. <sighs> but I'm all... You're dis- right? No, I'm all discombobulated because... It was, big, it was a big sigh. It was. No, I don't know. I don't, it's. It's. I'm, I'm okay. I'm just waiting to get through the next two days so we can get to the weekend and shit. I, just, I mean, we're off Friday, but I don't know what kind of shit we're doing. I know the weather's not supposed to be all that great. I think we have a cookout to go to on Saturday up mm-hmm. in Dutchess. So, I mean, that should be... Ooh, up I don't in know what I'm they, they, they want you to bring shit to share with people. But um, Are you Mike Reno? Am I what? Mike Reno. You're working for yeah. the weekend. You're like the, oh, lover, you're like the lover boys. Yeah, I kind of am. The I weekend. I kind of Me too. I'm, just, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, we're kind of getting... Closer to August, when we'll all get together at Jason's. For my birthday. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I basically work for Sundays. That's what, that's my work week is, is all in preparation of two and a half, three hours on Sunday. That's my week. Yeah. Sad, right? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, it's, well, I'm sad for you. Payoff is, is, is what makes it worthwhile. But I mean, yeah, just to, to do all that, just to, strive for that little bit of time i could see that being sad but i mean it's it is it, there is it, i'm glad that there is something to hone in on and it's not just you know just going through the motions like oh here's another fucking week let me go work for the man it's it's i, I get you but i'm i'm glad you have yeah those three hours and um it's getting i'm getting this zen flea market um approach down mm-hmm. i'll go into it Maybe if we have time, some episode, but it's all about emptying your mind. Well, you could save it for a video, which is not hard for me to do, right? I bet you there's about four or five thousand people that said that or thought that. As I said, empty your mind. Well, it's already pretty much empty, but uh, yeah, it's it's there's there's a, a Zen philosophy towards and I will, flea marketing. I will, I will cut a bitch if they said that to you well, about you. No, nah, don't be silly. Um, but we're always silly because See? this <laughs> is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 484. We're getting up there, long in the tooth. And I am Vince B. Nice. You are. Maybe we'll uh, renumber for the new 52. I am David A. Price. I'm, I'm not down with the renumbering. Good. I saw Good an man. issue of That's Venom. Good. And it said 150 like, some on it. They like, tell me there was not 150 some issues of Venom. Dude, I, I'm going through my uh, go, going organizing the the boxes and shit. I found Wolverine 900. So it's like it's 900. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, it, it's the stupidest shit. But no, no, we're definitely and there's Deadpool a thousand as well. Although we did, although we we did kind of renumber, even though it's the same the same feed. 
we renumbered, but because it's a new, whole new show. So well, you know, if that were the case, oh, then yeah, we probably would be up to like a thousand. We'd be no the th- thirty-three, <laughs> dude. 33. I know, I know. Well, did you count the the call-in show? Uh, but, uh, you're right. You're right. We'd be we'd, no. we'd be past five hundred. Nobody would want to call count the the call-in show. <laughs> <No. laughs> I found that issue too. Jesus yeah. Christ! But you are David oh, Price. I, we have, I, I, yeah, we have we have one other dude here with us. We do. Heavens to Megatroid! I'm Snagglepuss even. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to do the comic shop guy, but I have to. What? Is it worse? Yeah, Snaggle tooth ever. <laughs> Dude, I love Snagglepuss. Do you, don't you like Snagglepuss? No. Yes. No. I like the impressions of Snagglepuss, too. It's, Here's a question. It, Do you know how many people have voiced Snagglepuss over the years? One. You should have known by the way I asked the question that you would be wrong with that, but no. I don't know. <laughs> you had Dawes Butler, who was the voice for... Almost 40 years. Well, that's what I was thinking. I didn't think it went past that. Then you had Greg Burson. I don't know. Then you had Jeff Bergman. Wow. Then you had Steven Stanton. Now, these two, a little tricky, they were both, they voiced him in commercials. So I don't even know if that counts. Then you had Victor Yared, who voiced him in Robot Chicken. And then Chris Edgerly voiced him in Drawn Together. So in terms of the proper, the cartoons, the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you had two dudes. So wait a minute, Snagglepuss was in a commercial for what? He was in two commercials, one for the Fantastic Four, and I have no idea what that is, and the other for MetLife. I thought it was like KY or something. I was That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Exit. Stage left. Exit stage left even. But no, you're not Snagglepuss, damn it. You're Jason Wood. And we're all together. All right, all right. Yes. Yeah. And you don't have to exit hastily stage left to get a good deal on your favorite funny books and collectibles. No. All you have to do is fire up your internet browsing device and go to dcbservice.com. One more time, Jason. Tell them what it was. dcbservice.com. Exactly. Where you can get all your favorite stuff at massively discounted prices. The best in the world, as far as comics go. I, I think it's pretty much safe to say that. Yes? The lowest prices on comic books anywhere on the planet. And probably some other ones, too. Such as, from Fanagraphics, they're trying their hand at another anthology, praise be. This one is called Now, the first issue of which features Eleanor Davis, Noah Van Skyver, uh, Gabrielle Bell, Dash Shaw, Sammy Harkham, Malachi Ward as well as international authors such as J.C. Menu, Conzita Herrero, Tommy Parrish, Tobias Schalken, and Antoine Cosset. Plus, it's got a beautiful cover by Rebecca Morgan. It's a big honking book. Um, I don't see the pages here, but rest assured they're more than a standard-sized comic, I'm guessing. Uh, cover price is $9.99, but $4.99. That's what you can have it for. That's 50% off dcbservice.com from uh, Dark Horse. We have the collected edition of uh, something David and myself enjoyed. I don't remember if Jason liked it or not, but whatever. Uh, Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens. Did you like that, Jason? Didn't read it. Okay. 
so you can't tell. Splice and Dice, trade paperback, written by John Lehman, art by the great Chris Mooneyham, super covers by Glenn Fabry, seventeen ninety nine cover price. What do they take it home for? How much? Oh, we just had it last. We had it the other night. Was it? Is it thirty five off? No, it's fifty. Is it fifty? Eighty eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Yes, and uh, from Valiant, woot woot, it's Bloodshot, Salvation Number One. Jeff Lemire's writing it. Louis La Rosa, Miko Swayan is drawing it, and the covers will be prov- well, one cover at least will be provided by the great Kenneth Rocafort. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price. One dollar ninety nine cents. DCBService.com. Do not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all wrapped up, nice and secure, and sent right to your very front or back door, whichever you specify. It's so easy. DCBService.com. That's it. I'm spent. Spent even. Yeah. Well, then, well, you know what helps with being spent, Vince? What? Something to help wet your whistle. Uh-huh. So what are you drinking? I am drinking. Why is my phone making with the ding-ding? I am drinking the absolute best coffee in the entire world. McDonald's coffee. I'm keeping Cream, it. Cream? No, sugar, my what? God, no, no. No, straight, straight black. black. Black like your soul? Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> unders. Well. Yep. All right. Bye, Chuba. Well, I'm about to break him, break him off something. This is 1783 vintage. What? No. Schweppes. Yeah. Pink grapefruit. Seltzer. 1783. That's when, they, that's when the company was founded. Yep. It's a long time ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we were America when they were founded. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So I can't make with the gas down below. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> what? What are you drinking, Dap? Uh, something for the first time tonight. Saw it yesterday at the uh, Lick Her store. It's called Plungerhead. Wow. Ooh. It is a 2012 Lodi Cabernet Sauvignon. It's got a pretty funky label because the dude actually – it looks like one of those Monty Pythonist type drawings where um, dude's all I kind of put together. Has an actual plunger on his head. The back says uh, laid-back guys, standout wines, irreverent craftsmen following a rooted, somewhat less irreverent family tradition and um, – the uh it's got the the kind of um rip off top it's not a screw top but it it's got the uh like the rubber vinyl um you've seen them on some of the newer bottles where it, it it's not a natural a natural cork um but i saw it I, I i thought it looked pretty funky based on on the label i can't really see what the wine looked like inside the bottle so i figured i'd buy it and and give it a shot cool you know what I would like to try? Some of uh, Les Claypool's wines. That is pretty good. Are they? Oh, ex- yeah? Are they expensive? Do you know? I don't know. No, I don't. Well, he is a personality, so. Yeah, but Coppola is not too expensive. Oh, no. Huh. 
this is actually pretty good. This is the first time I'm trying it, and 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 the guys heard me pour it when we all got together tonight, so I hadn't sipped it until just now, and I'm uh, happy with this purchase. I'm gonna make a pact. Yeah, I'm gonna get myself to the liquor store. Take your ass to the stove. Yeah, and get some wine for next week. Nice. I like the way you think. Okay, let's jump in because we I have a huge list of things I want to talk about. Okay, like what? Well, I don't want to go first. I you go Good. first because please, something came out today that you probably, knowing you, are dying to talk about. Really? You think so? What? what um, I mean, it is a comic day and all. Um, oh, wasn't there a new uh, another chapter in the whole um, DC event for the summer? That's not what I'm talking about. Oh no, no. no. Um, I think I do know what you're talking about. Though. Yes, you do. It is. Uh, it was the zero issue of the final third of the trilogy. Uh, zero issue of Mage, the Hero Denied, by Matt Wagner, colors by Son Brennan. Uh, this was um, this was a short. It was just like the previous Zero issue, uh, which basically consisted of the two eight-page backup tales from Kamiko's Grendel at the time. I think like Grendel 15 to 16 or something like that, 17 or 18. But uh, those two chapters were um, Mage, the hero, defined Zero, and um, kicking off the second chapter of the trilogy this is um this is uh i mean right off the bat um wait dap are you i'm sorry are you, i mean are you saying that the mage hero defines zero is not new no he's comparing it to the short stories that were published within the pages of grendel oh i'm sorry okay yeah okay. yes uh the, the the zero issue of the hero defined is well, was basically a reprint was those two chapters this right here the hero denied zero this is all brand spanking new okay that's what i thought all right yeah um it it looks absolutely amazing um there's a uh i i'm i'm totally digging the lettering by uh dave lanfear especially um when uh when the stees is talking to our pal Kevin Matchstick um, because right off the bat in the first issue, uh, the Steez is talking off panel and uh, saying, "Yeah, I, I remember you. What was it? Snapdragon, Dragonfly?" And mm-hmm. Kevin corrects him and says, "Pendragon." So uh, we're 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 in a land of where things are familiar, especially if you're a a mage fan. Uh, Isn't it uncanny how how uh, how Kevin? Uh, has evolved over the years and in and, and every stage of his publishing career has looked like you? <laughs> no. I think he looks like... Oh, no. No, I don't know about that. He was spinning image. You uh, look at the high and tight cut now. <laughs> but he is... But but Matt has... Keeps it a lot closer to the scalp than I do and, and that's exactly um, the, the the look that uh, that Kevin is sporting in this. In this issue. Dude, it's not uh, he's not drawing himself, he's drawing you. I do appreciate that. Um this the Steez is great. I think I like Steez at least in these few pages. Um You know I, I dig I, I know Vince enjoyed Kirby Hero. Um 
and Joe Fat probably more than I did. Um, because I, 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 I like Edsel, I like Sean, I like Mirth, um, cause those were the dudes that brought him to the dance. Those were the guys that were there. I, it was also though because the find looked different than discovered. So I had to get used to that as well. But, um, over my rereads over the year with during my rereads over the years, um, I have grown a new, uh, affection for Kirby and for, for Joe, I re- and and again, these are all everybody in these books in, in this story basically um, connected to Matt Wagner in some way, shape, or form. The book is somewhat uh, autobiographical, um, and uh, there's I'm not sure who the Steve's is supposed to be, at least not yet. Um, but there's a whole, I mean, there's there is. Uh, they're bukas, which are basically border goblins. They're in this story, uh, and, and the Steez has to fight them off. Kevin is kind of just chilling, letting Steez, who of course has been running off his mouth, um, handle this. Uh, Kevin does pitch in, and, um, and they make, I don't know if I want to say quick work, but they, 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 they handle their business, um, and, and, uh, Kevin tells Youngblood to take care, and and Steez keeps going, talking to third person. And Steez rolled along, victory flush and glory bound. The Steez is limping just a little, though. But it's okay, the Steez heals fast. And Kevin's talking to himself and um, is aware that there is um, something bigger in the area because uh, Book is... Um, they're, they're, they're symbionts and, and they cluster and feed around, um, a much bigger game, if you will. So, um, he's, uh, he's trying to figure out who, what exactly is in the area, uh, only to, um, only for it to be revealed on the last page. And that's where, um, that's where this zero issue ends. And, uh, I, I anxiously await, uh, for the, Next issue, the first issue of the new series, um, next month in August. Uh, it does not look like this is bi-monthly, like the old, like the, at least the first series was. I, I'm guessing he's going to do a few issues, um, take a break so that can be collected, um, probably in groups of, um, probably do about four issues or so. Um, because the second issue was in, the previews that we just talked about on Monday night. Uh, I, yeah, man, I, I just, it's, it's kind of weird because this is a thing that is actually, that, that's actually here now. It, it exists. It, it's no longer vaporware. It's not something that, you know, you just keep asking questions about. It's a little bit surreal to me that, that, that it is, um, finally going to be concluded. Um, kind of weird also because since, it does sort of follow Kevin and, and Kevin Meshtick and, and Matt Wagner kind of um, somewhat parallel. It, it, it's weird to have a story where, where, where Matt is going to kind of tell the last story of his character when obviously we're not ready for his last story to be told. So it, it, it should be, it's, it's weird. I don't, I'm, I'm anxious, excited. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're going to get to read, New Mage, but 
because we're reading New Mage, it's also we're getting the last of the Mage series. So that's that that might take some getting used to. It might feel more real as we get to issue you know, 12, 13, 14 and, and, and to the last issue. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I thought the, these 60 pages were, were, were a lot of fun and it looks fantastic. It does look fantastic. Uh, I was more interested in hearing what you thought about it than sharing what I thought, not because I didn't really enjoy it as well, but, uh, you know, this is, this is one of your books, man. This is like one of your spirit guides, one of your, your totem, so yeah, exactly. So I'm very glad that you enjoyed it because I thought it was great as well. But I, I just, uh, uh, if you if you enjoyed it, then the, then the world is right. Ah, uh, true. And I know that um, you know dudes like our pals Billy Z, Jeff, Wendy. Um, I know that they're really um, really looking forward to it as well. Um, and uh, although a bit of a downer, I found out today that um, our pal. Daniel White has never at all ever read any mage and this zero issue is his first taste. So he's going to have to rectify okay. that with the quickness if he wants to stop by at all this summer. Wow. Oh sure. That's an ultimatum. That's what, we don't that's play. What, that's what that is. Nah, homie don't play that. I think uh Brennan compliments Daddy beautifully. I, I think more so here than I've seen his work like on, on the Grendel Shadow book. Um I that has a specific look to it, but this is um because Brennan didn't color uh defined, so it's it's nice to see them working together on on Mage of all books. Um How amazing is it for a creator? I'm sorry for inter- interrupting you, but you you triggered something. How amazing is it for a creator to craft an idea in the form of a visual narrative a long time ago, before he was married, before he had his child, do do the second part somewhere in between and have your child help you round out this series for which you, you are known. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That, that is an amazing thing. It's, because it's, it's, that's life fulfillment right there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are, I mean, it'd be the same thing, you know, if you got to color, you know, any of the Grendel covers that, that, that dad drew. But, uh, this is, I mean, Grendel is Grendel, but again, uh, Mage just is, I'm not going to call it the Kevin match, uh, the, the Matt Wagner story, but, uh, there are, there's, there are things that happened in Matt's life that he puts in the Mage series. So yeah, so, so for Brennan to work on that book, uh, and judging by the preview we saw of the few pages for the first issue in, in last month's previews, um, there is a little boy that Kevin is talking to on those pages. And, and I don't know, maybe that's supposed to be Brennan, you know, so there are, um, I, there's, it, you could just read Mage and, and take it at the surface and just enjoy the story of, of, um, of basically uh a modern retelling of of King Arthur and uh and his crew but uh you could definitely look below the surface and uh and and see just kind of where 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 the connects are where where you see Bob Shrek and and Dana Schultz and 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 just everybody else who who's been in Matt's life uh and and how they've um interacted and appeared in 
Kevin's story. Um, so it's, I mean, it's layered and, and it's, it's not probably as, as deep as, as I may be making it sound, but there's, it's, it's more than just, you know, read, read this book. Here's 22 pages. You'll sit down and enjoy it. I mean, if, if you, if you look at the whole, I, I think there's a lot more to enjoy. Yeah. And this is merely an appetizer too. I, yes. I think the main course is going to taste far different than this. Yeah. I think this may have been just something that, you know, hey, Remember Mage, um, where we last left him. So it's kind of got that attitude. But yeah, I think, uh, it's, it's to make you, re- it, it's to rekindle that, but also for anybody who hadn't, like Daniel, who hasn't read any of the Mage stuff, uh, who just, you know, who may just, oh, it's got the image eye on it. Let me check this out. And, and, or yeah, I've heard of Matt Wagner. You know, they just want to try something that they haven't read before. I think this was a pretty decent hook. So I, I, I think they, they, they've covered all their bases with the zero issue. Well, it, the w- issue one proper looks a lot different. It, right. Yeah. The color, it looks a little bit more that old it's, style airbrushy look. Yeah. It's, and the, the illustration style is more detailed. This yeah. looks like the previous series. Right. Right. Which right. again, and it's which probably is, by design, right? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. A little bit of a bridge between two, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we want to uh dive into one of the more controversial books of the last week? What would that be? Mr. Chaikin's Divided States of Hysteria number two? Have at it. Well, did you read events? I did. Okay. Yeah, that was a big pause, pregnant yeah. pause there. I did. So yeah. I mentioned in our Slack that the second issue made me want to tap out, that it was pretty boring to me. Same. It does not oh. have, it doesn't have the immediacy or, or the, the, the gravitas of the first issue at all. Okay. And then um, Dap Dap countered with the like did a lot more than the first issues. So yeah, yeah, that's always interesting fodder for for the show when we are diametrically opposed. Um, I guess I'll just recap. So in the in the first issue, we <clears throat> we were introduced to a number of of, of disparate people who were uh, criminals of some type. All were arrested for their various and sundry crimes, um, and. This was set in a near future where the president had been assassinated after a bad recession, um, and there was a big, there was a, a bunch of, of things that uh, had set the country into disarray. Uh, and then the book ended, as we discussed, with a bunch of pregnant Islamic women um, with explosive devices implanted in their uteruses or in their vaginas to uh, cause a terrorist attack. And this issue. Although you wouldn't necessarily know it uh, without reading it very carefully, takes place after that attack, which has apparently laid waste to New York City um, because there were little nuclear devices, but they also had a biotoxin within them. And so not only did they blow up a bunch of people, but the biotoxin spread into the air and killed many, many more. So a couple million people are dead. And the gentleman who we met in the first issue that worked for the government um, was to blame for this because um, 
something went wrong and the woman who led the the explosion had gone rogue there was a conspiracy going on and so he's been fired by the president and essentially on the lam and yet then he goes to work for a um, one percenter in chicago as part of his security detail uh, and then we're brought back to a prison where all of the prisoners or all the criminals that were arrested in the first issue are now all in the same prison and they all um, mostly inadvertently were involved in the, uh, in, in somehow in some way the, the execution of, of said terrorist attack. Um, yeah, and, uh, and it's almost all talk and it's a lot of, of, of talking heads and a ton of narrative about, about what's going on. Just a ton of narrative. And I thought it was, I thought it required an intense amount of, focus and attention to even follow along with what was going on because visually it wasn't very clear. Oh, I agree with that. Visually it's stagnant. Yeah. The, the, yeah, that's the good that's the good word. Jenkins' word. reliance on the same page layouts. Yes. Over yep. over yep. a number yes. of yes. pages. It just it was boring. The again, the 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 info splay that just drenches every page is so yeah. distracting. I, I I get it. That's what it's intended to do. But unlike the first issue, which I hesitate to say the first issue was an enjoyable read, but it was an exciting read. This right. this is a tedious, repetitive descent into just it's mundane. It's it's the same layout over and over and over. And then he'll he'll switch it up and do another layout and repeat that three or four times. It's this visually, it does nothing for my eyes at all, mm-hmm. and it, it, it does not capture my attention. And New York is destroyed. That's a big deal in in any mm-hmm. book. It would be a huge, colossal event of of import, and it's just like okay. Drones eye view, great, you know, and then that's it. And there's just talking heads after talking heads, people on phones mm-hmm. for four pages. And 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 how interesting is it that because he's handicapped by his decision to do this page layout, and because word balloons are all colored the same, you get who's saying what in smaller type. At the bottom of a word balloon, it lets you know that someone else interjected, or or the conversation is is attributed to someone else. And it's like that. It's at, okay, great. I mean, at least we know who's saying what, and we can follow along based on you know their attitude. But it's just it's there are, in to my opinion, better, easier ways to do that if you didn't keep yourself so give yourself such a hard on for the layout. Did you ask me a question or something? No, why? Because I I put my microphone on mute and I shut my damn phone off because there's Mario on the 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 uh, Facebook Messenger. It keeps going ding 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 ding. Like people are messaging back and forth like crazy. What is going on? Oh yeah, I see it now. And every time they do it, my phone dings. Yes. Bastards. Yeah. Don't they, well, don't they know it's that. Wednesday? That's my fault. Oh, oh, I started the thread. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. That's my fault. My fault. 
<laughs> you, your, your brain. Oh yeah, and it's and, and even multitask. Your brain even multitasks when we're sitting here doing you something. To, doing dude. Something. No, see, we're, we're all we're talking comics, which made me think I needed to reach out to our comics piece about something and, else. And, and the weekend at the twenty sixth is definitely no good. We have a wedding to go to. Oh my god. Well, that's also my anniversary, so I'd be killed for that. So. See, this is Sweet. perfect that we have diverged from the talk about divided states. Because what I was saying. That's where my mind went when I was yes. reading this. I was thinking of uh, everything but what I should be thinking about is uh, the book. So he, Howard might be thrilled to know that. I, I was only mentioning that, um, because he decided to, to be a prisoner to the page layout, that even, even when we're having conversations with four, a, a four way call with four different people, um, you, you get in, in small text, uh, who, even if that person isn't in that panel or on that layer, um, because, a person three panels down is actually talking. Shaken has to let you know who's saying it by by putting the person's name at the end of the word balloon, which again is just one of those things. It's just like it, it I, it doesn't help. It doesn't help your eye. It doesn't. It's like I don't know if Scott McCloud tried to read this and and just like kept looking at his understanding <laughs> comics book and he's just like, what the fuck, dude? It's just I. Did you not I'm read not chapter two? <laughs> <laughs> I do not disagree with anything you guys have said. Where and and I thought the first issue, like you guys, I I I thought as far as you know, kicking off a story was great. I continuing the story, I may not enjoy the presentation, but as far as continuing the story, fleshing it out, getting more info on the characters, and now we're actually getting to it because Villa is getting that now that he has been contracted out by River Run, he's able to get to these four people and assemble his. A team, so it's it it because it progressed the story and we got a little bit more out of what happened in the first issue. That's where I'm coming from when I say that I, I enjoyed it more, just because as as, as it as uh, worthwhile as 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 good as the first issue was, um, I like that the second issue built on it and 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 just kept going so i don't i i wasn't i wasn't bored it it's distracting af and and again the the his visual choices um it can drive you absolutely fucking bonkers but uh as far as the story the the content of it i um i enjoyed it nice well i mean you know if it wasn't for the controversial nature and the 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 backlash from the fourth cover and all that sort of thing. I, I would probably just not, not bother continuing with this, but I, the curiosity is going to get the better of me. So I am going to continue to read it just to see, but yeah, the repetition is killing me. Now see, no, when, I, when I, I praised the first issue because of the repetition of the collar, the way they collared each one of the criminals, the mm-hmm. page, the pages were composed pretty much the same. Right down to the the way the that the the perps were bent over in the one panel with the head pushed down, and the, so I liked that in the first issue because it was used sparingly, <laughs> but in moderation. Right? Yeah, yeah. everything yeah. about this is, is a, an exercise in excess. Uh, he just and I'm glad you said layered because as a, a longtime Photoshop user, I'm yeah. looking for the palette that so I can just click off the damn layer so I can read the, yeah. the stupid thing, and it's like not that. it's not there. Uh, the, the, uh, the absolute, and, and I, I said this online, if it wasn't for Mage Zero, uh, probably the best thing from Image this week would have been the, um, 
the the back matter the the essay that that shaken puts at the back of the second issue um which again and it's something that we've i know i've said um when people want to know everything about the story and where it's going and and i need as much information now uh to even find out if i'm gonna bother buying the book let alone read it you know and and i just i need to know as much now and it's like you just won't people refuse to let anything grow or or progress as it should and yeah shaken starts off by uh there was a panel at a convention years ago where um miniseries were kind of new and this could have been either probably a shadow or blackhawks um blackhawk but he uh someone in the audience said that uh he didn't like miniseries because they were done before the the fans the 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 people buying the story um could let the creators know if the creators are doing a good job and possibly change the course of the story. And, and that completely baffled Howard because he's like this, me telling my story is not an exercise in, in, in democracy. This is my story. This is yeah. what I'm going to tell. And I absolutely, I, holy crap. I, I almost went to my knees and just, I, I was on the phone platoon. I just, I couldn't not. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's exactly funny. what needs to be said by I, I I just and it's not because oh chick is the old dude who's just you know who's, who's curmudgeon at you. no this is just it, people are telling their it's like would you no how come nobody says this to Kirkman when he's writing The Walking Dead it's like what what makes what makes people think that they can dictate that they can tell somebody how to tell their story and and it's just it's it's this it, it's again and. It, it's just the sense of entitlement that, that, that people seem to have. and, well, and that, that, you know. that guy's patient zero on the entitlement virus. <laughs> it's totally irrelevant. You don't your, – your comments, either good or bad, are totally irrelevant to the, mm-hmm. to the creator, or they should right. be. Yeah. But if you don't like the story, that's one thing. But don't tell someone – where it should go, how the, it's a dude, that's not, and especially, especially a creator own story or something that's, you know, just, just meant to be three or four issues and be done. I mean, we're not talking about, it's, it's, you know, I may not be thrilled with the direction slots taking Spider-Man right now, but it, I would never say stop doing that. You should not be telling that fucking story. Just because I'm one person who's not reading it doesn't mean so many other people aren't enjoying it. Who, who thinks that they could tell somebody the kind of, 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 of stories that they could tell? It just, it, it, blows my mind that someone would actually... I'm not yeah. surprised that someone would say it, but it blows my mind that someone would. And it's cool mm-hmm. to see in some of the books that did have letter columns and continue to have letter, letter columns like Cerebus, probably the best letter column ever in a comic. And there would be people that would would approach Dave and say, why didn't you do this? I think Cerebus should have did this or Jocka should have <laughs> acted this way. And he flat out told them my story. Mm-hmm. My my decision. I'm the boss. Same thing with Eric Larson. He does that all the time. Thanks for your opinion, but that's never going to happen because this is my book. Sure. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also like the different ideas that people bring to the table in letter columns where they, they may have perceived something within the story that I missed. And it's like, wow, damn, dude, that's that's pretty insightful. And to see the creator either slap it down or embrace it, that's fun too. So I, I love letter columns, but I don't like 
like like David said, I don't think anyone has the uh, – it shouldn't be a forum to tell the creator how the book should or should not be done. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, cool beans. But uh, yeah, I, I also enjoyed the essay in the back. That was great. All right, so let's talk about something we loved. Yes. Wow. Okay. Did we love? What you got, Vince? Oh, I got a lot of love. So oh, much you, love. You were, you were clamoring to talk Valiant last week, and we ran out of time. So why don't you, why don't you go down the Valiant path? Well, that's what I'm going to do. It's now time Perfect. for Valiant Orama, all of which David have has read. Jason, I'm guessing no. But so so. I mean, you could just check the Slack and know for sure. But. Well, yeah, but I I did check the Slack, but I'm playing it up for the people at home. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, I'm putting on a you. show, right? Ah, let's, you. let's start off with a book written by the great Matt Kent, who's doing unbelievably solid work at Valiant. Uh, it is illustrated this time around. It's a new story arc. First three issues were, were illustrated by uh, not this person. And as of issue four... Which Thomas Giarello? Yes. Well, I, I was. Yeah. Um, issue four, which is the beginning of a new arc entitled "General," are illustrated by Doug Braithwaite. Uh, the color art is by Diego Rodriguez. And um, David and myself have taken Mister Braithwaite to task. No, a number of times yeah, you have. in the past uh, for his valiant work in his um, maybe maybe haters. no maybe <laughs> reluctance uh, to not employ an anchor and I and I don't know why that is why they wouldn't pair an anchor with with Mr Braithwaite because mm-hmm. his I believe lo- looking at these the previous work of Mr Braithwaite I believe that he needs an anchor yeah. Not so here. Yeah, this is, uh, this, this is, is yeah, there's, there's, um, it's not as, as, uh, as flat or, or faded. Right. There's, um, there, there's definitely depth here. There's, um, there's, I'm not gonna say perspective, but there, there's, yes, it, it looks, it looks better than, uh, Bloodshot USA yes. or, um, or even uh, was it Unity or Imperium? But yeah, I you yes. and T Y. Yeah, this does look pretty damn great. Did um, you actually mention the title? Because I'm, I'm, I don't know if you did. Oh I, well, if they don't know what I'm talking about, it's Exo Manowar. Yeah, num- num- number ah. number four with a uh, on my copy here uh, a superb cover by Mr. Louis Larosa. Same here. And there's there's really. Not much to to say about this issue, save that Eric is learning the hard way that the Azure people may not have been the absolute best choice to team up with. They they will do anything to win. Yep, and, and even sacrifice their own people and or people uh, their allies to do so. And that, that's basically this entire issue. Ericus and company, uh, are sent into a, a very precarious situation and they manage to come out on top. But the Azure general or the Azure commander sends in, um, contingency measures that don't 
re- aren't really concerned on whether or not Eric and company have in fact succeeded. They're going to make sure by by raising the area whether or not Eric is um, uh, killed or not. They just don't care. No, they don't. It's it's scorched earth it's all policy. All collateral damage. Yeah, yeah, scorched earth policy. So yep. th- there may be he he's learning that you know th- this is probably not the best case scenario for him, but. The thing that I'm getting out of all this, this new take on Exo Manowar, is mm-hmm. that Eric of Dacia is is the quintessential stranger in a strange land. They, they've taken him off Earth in this new series, placed him in an alien culture loaded with many different types of alien life forms, and it's exactly the same as previous incarnations of Exo Manowar because – Eric is a man without a home. He's he's the stranger in a strange land. He'll always be the stranger in a strange land because of what happened to him with the uh, with the vine and how he was plucked and taken somewhere else and time passed differently and he came back and everything he knew had died. And anywhere Eric goes in the universe is the same. He's never going to find home. That's when I'm. That's what I'm getting out of this. And and it's 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 a brilliant premise to to this character that he is just the odd man out wherever he may roam it's sad to a certain extent but i have questions so you don't think you don't think and and this is coming from someone who recall after the first issue had to ask you guys about the suit and what the deal was because i Mm -hmm. haven't read much but uh this feels like gladiator to me it feels like he's on his way to becoming the big the big dog oh sure yeah yeah well i think the the title of, of the story is definitely giving it away. I'm, I'm surprised he went directly from Soldier in the first arc, right? I mean, he didn't. He's not general as this story, as this arc starts. I'm guessing he's going to end it as general because there was um, there was some um, not backstabbing, but there was in, in the first arc uh, orders weren't followed and and people were short sighted and and they were punished for for that. But here they were killed. Um, they were killed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Eric is is on a a mission with his posse, uh, but again, it it doesn't it does not matter if if it means um, the uh, the Azure win, then to hell with who we have to take out, even if it's our own. Um, and the, the cadmium decoy was a prick. I want to kill him. Oh, absolutely, a sniveling prick. But I have I have questions. About this new status quo for EXO, and and I also have um, ideas of where this story is going. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we uh, don't know what happened to Eric's wife, right? Now, I'm not talking about the woman he was shacking up with, um, shown. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about. His back on Earth. Back on Earth. We do not know what happened to her. There's no mention of 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 uh, what happened to her. And Eric was deeply in love with her, and she, he. So for him to leave the planet, that's highly suspicious. Also, for him to hate the armor with a suit, yeah. with a, with a, the Shanhara armor with a passion. Highly suspicious. And then we learn in the last page of this 
um, he has a child. Yeah. So I'm, I was going to ask you if the child was a thing from the previous series. No. no. Okay. So we're so so we're finding out basically when Sean is finding out that he has a child. Yeah. So I'm thinking, and I hate myself for not remembering his his wife's name because she's a great character. It's just the the name is is escaping me right now. If it's not Kay, it don't matter. I, I'm I'm assuming that the armor was either complicit in her death yeah or entirely responsible for her death yeah I, i'm thinking i'm thinking the latter only i mean cuz he's he despises the armor with a passion but the armor would will not let him die no, no so i mean it may be the armor it was in self defense and and just lashed out and and killed her i again i mean it could go in a few different directions but um the armor will not let Eric perish, and he absolutely hates that the armor is around. And and it's um, it's it's an interesting dichotomy. It, it's it's a uh, yeah. I'm I'm I have not read a standalone EXO book in a very 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 long time, and and I am enjoying the hell out of this. Do we know? Did it? I'm forgetting if it said it in the first issue. Do we know? How much time has passed between Exo's volumes? When the, last, the previous sep- series ended, and then whatever sort of um, events happened, and now he's here. Do we know how far in the future this is, or how how long it's been? That would be directed toward Vince. Ab- absolutely no not. There is no indication okay. at, at all. Um, the wife's name was Sana. Two oh, okay. S A A N A, and they got married, um, and uh, it was the the end of the conflict with the vine and uh, the uh, the the plantings and the armorines. Remember, I mean, I talked about it, and then that was the end of EXO's previous series, and then we got this. So there's there was really there they they didn't drop the bomb. What happened? And I'm thinking they're going to let mm-hmm. it they're going to let it unfold in this series, but. I know the armor's involved. So explain to me a little more about this armor. Is it like a symbiote where, like with Venom, where it just needs... I don't get, like, if this armor's sentient and it's so powerful, why doesn't it just find a new host if, if he doesn't want to use it? It chooses a host. Yeah. And um, No, I, I, I gathered that, but why is he insisting on choosing Homeboy? I mean, if he doesn't want to even acknowledge... The armor's usefulness or existence? Well, many, many Vine warriors have tried to bond with the armor, and all of them died. Most of them died. Oh, so is this like an Excalibur Arthurian type of thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Vince, see, you said you said on our special Patreon previews episode that Arthurian reboots are not your shti, and yet... It's not. We've already talked about two, and we're going to talk about another one too. Yeah, we are. This is this is is King Arthur drama. This is the uh, Vince is a goddamn hypocrite episode. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, it's it's uh, it it does have Arthurian elements to it. Yeah. Um, I I just I I have to know that maybe she turned on, I I can't see her turning on him because in the previous series whenever he would get hot-headed 
and the uh, the Visigoth DNA would kick in, and and you know, all he knew is war and strife and and battle, and he he judged and he and he acted hastily, and he just went in full bore. She would be the voice of reason. She would be his conscience, and and she would more, you know almost ex- always point him in the proper direction of diplomacy and and rationale and she was a great character and what the hell happened to her i i i i don't see her ever turning on him but there may have been something in in which the the Shannara armor intervened for whatever reason on eric's behalf but i can't i don't know what that is or or what that could be but this is a great mystery why he would just up and leave her like that? Because she was everything to him. Right. Well, you have to figure, given the fatalist nature that he finds himself in at this point, uh, I'm with you guys that something happened to her, whether whether he, quote-unquote, killed her because the the armor did it or, or he somehow accidentally killed her or she was killed by something else. I, I, I think there had to have been a tragic end for her, right? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So, uh, that, Damp, anything to add? Uh, no, I think, um, as far as EXO goes, I think we pretty much covered it. it it's a, um, it's been a pretty, like I said, since I wasn't reading, I read the first arc of the previous issue, but I didn't, um, the previous volume, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't stick with it towards the end. Um, so I mean, as far, you're going to have questions, which I know Matt will have answers for you as the series continues, but, uh, it's it's a pretty solid jumping on point, so I'm not sure when. I don't know. I don't remember if I saw the first trade for this new series XO in, in a recent previews. But um, if you missed out and haven't gotten the, the, the singles, then then definitely get the collection. It's it's definitely a uh, a pretty solid start for this. I because it's also not really he he hasn't even mentioned. Unity or Ninja or, no. or any, so I mean, so this isn't even, if like, oh, it's Valiant and they have so many titles now and I don't know what it's gonna, no, we're not telling you to read Rai and the history of the Valiant universe. This is, this is a great little, um, excursion from the main Valiant. You can just read this and enjoy, it's, it's, it's a wise choice on Valiant's part. I think so. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not steeped in on everything else because a lot of their other titles, it is a shared universe. A lot of their other titles do, um, do connect and we'll get into probably a couple of them, but it, it's a, uh, this is, this is a great little just away from everything else and, and you're going to, you don't have to bang your head against the wall to find out, you know, well, why is he, why was this mentioned? I don't know anything about it because I didn't read the previous volume. We don't know either, and and Vince was reading the previous volume, so we're all learning together. It, it, it's a super cool jumping on point. Yeah, and it, it emphasizes the character without dragging along the baggage. That, yeah. that that's the biggest problem with comics these days, especially ones that have been established for years or decades or 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 even you know a long time. That how do I get into the X Men? Well. I mean, <laughs> so you you have a lot of catching up to do, young man or woman. But with this, all you need to know is the 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 portrait of Eric of Dacia that Matt Kent is painting. For right now, that's all you need to know. 
Right, right. That's great. It's 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 really smart. Yep. All right. I want to hear something that Jason read. You've already heard. I've read all the things we've talked about so far. All right. He wants you to kick something off. That's what I mean. Kick it off. Yeah. Well, the thing I was most pleased to read this week. No, no, no. no, I'll switch uh, because I don't think y'all have read this yet. Uh, Is it safe (laughs) to say y'all have not read Deadly Class number 29 yet? Very safe. It's not very safe. Oh, I just looked at the list. No, Dap has read like 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 a good broheem. Vince is not. So yeah. we will wait till next week. You we'll don't have wait. to wait. Talk no, about no, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. No, 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 no. no we should. Let's uh, let's let's jump over to something that'll make Dap smile. I read the second, third, fourth, and fifth issues of Super Sons. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I wasn't up on this Jorge Jimenez tip like y'all were because I don't read the Aww. Superman. No, not because I don't like him. Because I don't no, I know, him. I know. Yeah. So I'm curious to see the Superman issues now because his style is so cartoony. It works super well for a book about two kids. I wonder how it looks, though, because you raved about the art, how it Phenomenal. looks grown-ups. Okay. Especially okay. Lois. Oh, my God, is Lois just to die for. The, uh, yeah. He did the uh, the annual with Swamp Thing. It just, it's, I love the the look he gives Superman, I just it's it. I mean, it, with the kids, it's cartoony because of the big eyes and okay. and the round faces. But the adults do a little bit more streamlined. They they do carry themselves um, in a more adult fashion. Um, but I mean, the line work and and the way everything is laid out is just is is gorgeous. But but please continue. His Superman is majestic. If he walked, if he if he walked into a room, he wouldn't even have to open his mouth. You'd be like in awe of this man. Yeah. Well, he, just to like be fair, Jimenez draws Superman in, in this in Super Sun. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. do see what he looks like, but um, that's cool. Yeah, listen, I mean, this book is just a ton of fun. Um, the, they have great chemistry. It's um, Damien can certainly be annoying uh, as a character. <laughs> I don't see it, <laughs> but I like him in this. I. I I find him charming in this, and I, I presume that's by design. It's he's written that way, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's this in a way. Even though it's just the two of them, it it's it's got the same energy and youthful exuberance that uh, Teen Titans has to me. Like when it's at its best, uh, it feels a lot like Teen Titans Go, and and they're very different yeah, yeah. stories. But I mean. I watch that cartoon with my kids. We love it. And it just has that same energy. It's fun and silly, but it's also action packed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I thought the first arc was terrific. Um, you know, like you said, the, the, the Lois, it's, it's just fun because I'm not as well versed in the Superman mythos. It's just fun to see, uh, them as a family. And, you know, it wasn't long ago that DC seemingly had this mantra that, Nobody could be married. Nobody could have relationships. Nobody could have kids. So it's nice that we've gone full circle there, and we're back to a time when, um, you know, they they're embracing that, which which I think is terrific. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I'm really I'm really digging it. It's 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 just a lot of fun. I don't know. I mean, it's not a complex story. It's not uh, it's not groundbreaking in the sense that like jaw on the floor. It's going to change the DC universe forever type of thing. But. Uh, but yeah, I, d- I dig what's being put down for sure. Cool, um, nice. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, there's, I think the, the, um, Tomasi, uh, gets the characters right. He, he, I like the way he drew, he writes Alfred. Uh, I, I, I like the way he writes Batman. I, um, I don't know. It's just, it's a book full of likable characters. It's, you know, I just, it's, it's, they're, they're all endearing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wonder what the, you know, I wonder if and when this goes astray, like what, what could make it go astray? Um, you know, if they maybe integrate them more into a team setting or something like that, uh, that might be problematic. But, uh, but yeah, for right now, man, it's, uh, it's, it's getting it done for sure. You I still following it that? Do you, I mean, you still Oh yeah, it? no, I, um, the fifth issue was, was the, uh, the last issue I read that actually had, um, Alison Borges is the, uh, was the artist on that issue. Um, but it does look like the next issue, I think because John isn't, at least uh, since Damien wants to be literal, John, I guess, is 11 or 12, so he's not 18, so therefore he really shouldn't be eligible for the team. But uh, mm-hmm. there will probably be. I know the next issue, issue six, it, it does say uh, next issue Teen Titans. I don't know if that just means an appearance. I don't know if he's if, if John's going through a uh, the, the trial program, but um, he probably. W- I, I can definitely see uh, a crossover of some sorts between uh, Teen Titans, Super Sons, and uh, any somewhat connected titles, um, only because. And we just had it with the Lazarus contract. DC does like to do their, their little, whatever corner of the universe it is. Well, um, I mean, we had it with Night of the Monstermen, so it's not, it's not unheard of to, to think that that's probably coming. But, uh, yeah, I think as far as just enjoying the two of them in this book, uh, having them feel each other out and, uh, they, 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 as someone who loved reading World's finest from the seventies and eighties, and and seeing Batman and Superman working together, um, pre Batman, I don't trust a bitch, and and with the whole brother I thing, this is this was this doesn't it's not reminiscent of that, but it is they John and Damien benefit from being around each other. He he Damien. Who thinks he is always right and and needs some humility? It needs to be brought down to earth every so often. I think John is great for that, and and I think Damien can uh, instill some of that confidence that John is going to need as he gets older, and and um, not that he'll he'll stay getting walked on, especially with with Lois and and Clark as his parents, but. Uh, when you need somebody your own age who, um, not that, not that the shit Damien's gone through in his life, John can really apply in, in his, but, uh, the fact that Damien is close to his age and, um, let him live a little. I, you know, he never, he never thought about, you know, sneaking out past bedtime before he met Damien. You know, so there are definitely things, th- th- these are things that a boy will need. As he grows up and, and, uh, I do think that they play off each other well and, and it is, it's, it's one of those things where it's, they're, they're, it, it's kind of like 
the brother, it's almost, I, I can see Damien just treating him like the younger brother who, who's just annoying and, and why is he, why is mom always want me to take him to the store with me? But it's, uh, but I don't think Damien would do it if he despised John and there's, there, there's absolutely no, they, they get in each other's asses, but they're not, they, they don't hate each other. And, and, and I think Tomasi, I don't know if Tomasi, I, I know, we, we were kind of given the impression that, you know, he's a family man and, and, and when he's home and not writing books, it's, it's all about that. I don't know what the family situation is like. So I don't know if he has sons that he can kind of play these two characters off of and, and, and base stories on, but it's, uh, he, he knows how, I mean, you guys could tell me yourselves, especially you, Jason, if, if, if you see your, if you see the boys behaving like this, then, then something he's, Tomasi is, is definitely doing something right. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't think my boys particularly have that kind of relationship in, 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 in this is an exaggerated version, but it, it really feels true. I, I mean, it feels like, yeah, I feel, I mean, I don't know. Again, it, 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 they're written like they have good chemistry. It seems like the interactions are natural. They, they seem to be of the right age. Like he definitely is getting their voices right in terms of their ages. Right. Like I thought the one thing about Damien in the past, like with Morrison's run and stuff, was and I know that was Morrison's intent, but D- Damien was a young kid to to be acting the way he did. I mean, yes. Damien at twelve, whatever he was, acted like he was thirty. And again, I got I know that that's what Morrison was going for. Meaning this kid was like a future you seen wor- world leader because he's been. And I get that, but but it just it's nice to see him acting a little bit like a kid. And um and I thought Kid Amazo is a great villain. I mean, that's the kind of fun stuff you should see in a comic like this, right? You got two kid heroes, so you should have a kid vi- of one of their villains, right? Kid Amazo's dope, and he's he's and 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 the the all the the little the clone robots were dope, and and yeah. the, the Jimenez does a wonderful job in the sequences for the fight scenes, uh, just interesting panel layouts and cur- you know curves and geometric shapes and the overlapping panels. It just you just he 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 definitely does not stick to a standard grid or 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 a double page spread it's it the the layout choices and the border choices are 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 definitely uh, distinctive and um it's just a home run comic I, it, it's you know it's and it's a comic i know because of the genre because of uh, the, the the being kids I, I know that my i know my boys would love to read this i like I, i'm gonna definitely order the collected editions for them because nice. I, I know this is right up for alley so yeah man DC's doing a lot right. They're doing a lot right these days. Got to give them credit. True. It's very true. We go back to Valiant now? I, I was <laughs> expecting it. All right. A non-Valiant interlude. Woo, woo, that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was written by Academy Award winner Eric Hacerer. Mm-hmm. Illustrated by Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. And it's called Secret Weapons... Number one. And it's a takeoff on the OG Valiant's Secret Weapons uh, series. Uh, this book is one of the reasons why, two episodes back, I said that Valiant is producing the most visually arresting books on the market, bar none. Uh, Dap, do you agree with me on this issue? On this issue? Yeah, this is a dense issue. I like this issue a lot. Oh, um, 
there and and I'll agree with you on another issue we'll probably talk about after our next interlude. Awesome, um, awesome, awesome. But yeah, no, this this is there is so much packed into this. Raul and um, and Patricia are doing some. Uh, I, I love the line works, and I mean I'll let you set it up. But I okay. mean even the characters, I thought I I liked a lot about this issue. Sweet. Well, they do definitely take a nod from the work of Steranko and Starlin because there are some pages in this book that have like 15 panels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's super dense. But uh, there's really – it's not a hard explanation, the first issue anyway. Uh, the ever-duplicitous uh, Toyo Harada had a clandestine organization called the Willows in which he sequestered – Psyots, but not high-level ones. These are the middle and low-level Psyots that maybe didn't have the most useful powers in the world, (laughs) but because they were triggered, which is a very, very dangerous thing to do, and most Psyots don't survive the triggering, um, they did. So he didn't want to waste anything, so he uh, formed this this, uh, black ops uh, organization to train and try and nurture these psyots, um, of which, um, later on, Livewire was one. She, she came under, uh, Toyo Harada's wing and she saw just how, uh, double dealing and backstabbing and just not nice Harada could be. Um, so the, the organization had a bunch of, uh, kids. It's kind of like, Valiant's New Mutants, in in, yeah. a, in a sense, um, these these teens or or twenty somethings are untrained in the in their powers. Um, they're just trying to survive, and unfortunately, something is hunting them. We are introduced to four, uh, well, three and a half. Psyots, because one of them we 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 don't get to meet. We only learn of her passing. And what her powers were. And this is uh, a woman named Sonia who could unleash these, these biomechanical tendrils from her body. Like, like, um, like say, Doc Ock, only these things look like plant stalks that just came out of her body. She, unfortunately, is no more. She was killed. And her blood was used to uh, bathe this character called Rexo. R-E-X hyphen O. And his purpose seems to be to hunt down anyone associated with the Willows and absorb their powers. Um, and so the, the Psyots we do get to meet, um, one is Nicole Finch, and her power is ornipathy. She can talk to birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Tyus his power is um, he can make shit glow. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, Owen, believe, baby. Owen Cho, he conjures seemingly random objects. Yeah. Like he, and, but, and he can't, he cannot control what he conjures. No, or when. And there are times, or when, right, exactly, or when. So he's in, he, he worked in like a Home Depot or something. And he was let go because he conjured a gun, right? Like on the he's job, a shotgun in in the aisle, and his man and and one of his coworkers is like, um, 
I need you to, but we don't sell firearms. Where the hell did you get that? And he's like, uh, I found it. And he basically gets fired on the spot. And he's let go. Um, but, but all these Sayats, they know each other because they were in the, in the same quote school. And, uh, so Nicole and, and, and Owen are on the run from this Rexo. Um, and, and during the, the, they're wounded and, and during the, their fleeing, Owen conjures something. He's like, all right, I'm going to give it to this guy. And he conjures an umbrella, <laughs> which seems like a pretty useless thing to, to conjure against this, this Rexo who's gigantic and he's got this face mask and he's, he's in tatters and he's huge and he's flinging these, these tendrils at them. He's pulling down fire escapes. But the thing is, I don't think Owen's, Conjuring is all that random. I don't either. Because I think there's there is a greater power, there's a higher power. Right. That's exactly. Selecting these things. Yes, because as they're running, they're, they're trying to escape Rexo, and they run up to a fire escape, and and Nicole can't Too reach short. it. She can't yeah. reach it. She's trying to grab it, grab it, grab it. And Owen says, "Here, try this," and gives her the umbrella, and it was the exact thing she needed to pull down that fire escape. When her, so this object was seemingly ineffectual before as they were running, but there's a time lag, I think, in his conjuring. Who knew? Maybe the shotgun was conjured as something to use against Rexo. It's only, Rexo, yes. only it came far too early. Bingo. Yeah. So that's cool, right? But the um, the art by Raul Allen and Patricia Martin is absolutely astounding. Yeah, it's it is dense as hell, and the uh, the the color choices again. I mean, we saw their work on Ninjak, and they employed pretty much the same color palette on, on the art there. It's it's very muted colors, uh, pastels almost. And man, I'll tell you, it is just breathtaking in spots. Well, a lot of spots. And it's it's detailed, but it's not busy. It, it's not crosshatch city. Everything is. I mean, if he's drawing the cityscape, if he's drawing the bird coop with all the birds, it's it's almost it's it's almost George Perez like in the level of detail, but not in the level of line work and and um, or as as, as thin. A line, so you don't get to see every bird's feather. You just know that there are a lot of birds hanging out in this coop. Um, everybody looks unique. I, I, everybody's look is is. I like the choices for these characters, uh, and and everybody, everybody's aside from their visual, everybody's voice is unique. You you don't need to actually see who's saying what to know. Who was saying what? If your eye just glanced on the page and you read a word balloon, you, you just you would know which one was. Oh, who was you know? Defense everybody. And and I is this the first time we're seeing these characters, Vince? It is. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that well, not we, live had, but oh no, yeah. but I, I know we've had other stories like either with um, uh, Generation Zero or right. um, anything that had to do. With Harada, I don't know if these characters may have appeared elsewhere, but um, it's uh, no, I, I I enjoyed it a lot. I I, I like the kids. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see where it's going, um, and uh, I, I think the art 
is absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's one of the, it's one of the books from Valiant where, um, they're not even bothering with ads because the inside covers are related to the book. There's, yep. uh, there's live wire on the inside back cover. There's a Rexo breaking through on the inside cover. Uh, there's a, the back page is the cover for the second issue. The first page just says chapter one and then there's a blank page before the story starts. So they, they didn't even care about ads in this book. This is just straight up nothing but secret weapons. Yeah. And it's, again, the only things that are tied to the Valiant universe are Toyo Harada and, and Livewire. That's it. I mean, all you really need to know yeah, everything is else, yeah. Harada wanted to change the world for the better, but his measures were very extreme. And collateral damage and death and um, other unpleasant stuff were acceptable uh, losses to get to his goal. He, uh, you know, uh, Captain America, he's not. And he even says it. I mean, he, so he explains who these weapons were, why they were, and, and it's not like you need to know anything. Everything is explained in this first issue. The only thing is, um, whereas if, if you're not familiar with Live War, because everybody else, when they explain, when they give you the actual, or, or the technical name of the powers, like when they let you know that that Owen is a conjurer, a couple of panels later, you know it's completely random and he can't control it. When when they tell you that her activated power is ornithy, the they let you know if you don't have a thesaurus handy, then you know she talks to birds. Yeah, and absolutely. with with Livewire though, it just says um, let's say technopath. Yeah, technopath. So unless you actually know Livewire and follow along with the story, you may not know exactly what that, what, what her powers can actually let her do. But you, uh, you will know by the end of the story what she could do. Yeah, because she kicks some ass. Yeah, we, uh, you, you get to see it firsthand. But Jason, there's one pa- one page that is just amazing, and and you know me, I'm not big on OA, but there's at least three pages mm-hmm. in this book that I would love to own. This okay. is this is the main page. Um, Nicole and Owen have escaped seemingly Rexo. They head on up to where she sleeps, which is on top of a building mm-hmm. near a pigeon coop, of course. And, and they lay down on this old discarded mattress and it's the, it's colored all blue. There's a series of panels, uh, there, there are bookends on the left and right and then there's a series of, of, uh, vertical panels that lead your eye down the page and they're, they're, they're basically cold hued panels. They're bluish. There's a blue tint to them and they get progressively blue. They're laying on the, on the, on the mattress and they're, they're facing mm-hmm. each other and they're just talking about everything they've, they've endured and, and how Nicole is just like, they're, they're lamenting that, you know, they all split up and she's, she cried a lot as a baby and she doesn't have any more tears and blah, blah, blah. And they fall asleep and they're facing in the opposite direction and then that's where the blue ends. The last panel is a warm colored panel and when they were sleeping, their hands somehow touched and they, they actually mm-hmm. look happy. And then the next panel, the long, uh, vertical is a warm colored panel. So it goes from cold to warm in this thing, but it, the colors are so smart because it, they change with some kind of optimism in what's going on with these characters. Like they're not alone anymore. 
It's a beautiful page, isn't it not, David? Oh, it is a beautiful page. I mean, it, everything you just said, plus the fact that just simply it, it's letting you know that it's going from from night to, to dawn. Right, but it and, also echoes the some emotional the feeling. Too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah, they, they they do look happy that their hands end up on on one another. Um, so, however, they slept during the night. They did end up facing each other. It is it's it is a it's a nice, quiet, calm moment after the hectic. The one that they had the night before, um, and even if it was like, and 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 I can, if this was written for another medium, you could even, you know, that's when it would cut to commercial or fade to black because the next panel is from Owen's point of view, where it's a um, it's a square black panel, and you you have an oval because his eye is opening and he sees one of the birds that um, yeah. that brought them breakfast. So it it's it really does. It's the next day, and and now you know, up in Adam, they have um, they have things to take care of. But it it, it was so okay. So that was one page. What else? That, that's your crow, because you brought bagels. That's your bird. <laughs> that's my bird. That's your bird, buddy. You're my bird, uh-huh. boo. That's right. You're my bird, boo. I would I would definitely buy the page where Livewire shoots uh, Rexo in the face. Okay. And I love the page where he pulls down the scaffolding. So those two facing pages. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if I had a chance to get any of this, I would. And, and I looked him up. Like, why doesn't Felix rep this guy? Or, or yeah, he's kind of got that only, Felix. Wait, who's, who's the artist? Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it says artists, Raul and Patricia. So she I must don't do know the coloring. Her. But she's also the letterer. So, yeah, she may do – he may do pencils and inks or she may do inks and colors. But it's a um, – it's Alan with an E, too. A-L-L-E-N. With, he, he's, with an accent. Yeah, he's amazing. Amazing. It's, and and I kind of like the, the, the second page, too, with the uh, – after Rexo gets out of – The red glasses? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Other. It's weird because Patricia Martin's Twitter description says, always spinning around and currently drawing secret weapons with Raul Allen. Okay. Hmm. Maybe he does layouts. No, well, and then – and then Roe Island's Twitter says, I make pictures for Time, Playboy, Rolling Stone, Business Week, The Wall Street Journal, currently drawing Secret Weapons by Eric Hesser for Valiant Comics. There you go. Maybe it's a genuine collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, Felix should be on these these folks. They, and I like they are great. And we get like to see down so. Nicole's shirt at one point. Yeah. So there's a plus. Yeah, she's kind of cute for she uh, is cute. Being, being homeless and, and living next to a pigeon coop. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We don't want to have uh, all all Valiant all the time. It's true. Do we want to take the, this opportunity to uh, to send a few shout-outs maybe? Yeah. I just want to call you out on one thing. Oh, okay. I'm looking at your um, Slack list of, of stuff read. Yeah. Where's the headlopper, dude? Dude, I did not read it yet. Well, I can see that. Nor, nor did I. <sighs> Maybe if you just took off that U.S. Avengers and put the headlopper on there or, you know, something. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Rude. Let me just remind our faithful listeners that <laughs> I was reading Headlopper before you or Dab even knew it existed. I would agree with that until you said knew it existed. 
Okay. Yes, you did read it before me, but I knew it was out there. I just didn't read it. Okay. So, don't... Yeah. Well, either way, uh, I am behind uh, okay. an issue, but I will catch up. Don't you worry about that. Don't you look at worry Dap's, your sweet little bippy. Dap's list is long. See, he brings Dap's it. Dap's list is long like a ding-dong. He, it's, he it brings very it. long. Yeah. Let's do those shout-outs. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because then we can segue and announce slash reveal. Cool. She'll last so, book of the month. Exactly. These shout-outs are in relation to our Patreon uh, situation, which uh, we we thank you all so much for the continued support. We are marching ever faithfully towards our next goal, which uh, will be uh, at least, and I focus on at least, at least two extra episodes each month. Uh, if you all are wondering what you can expect from our extra episodes, well, you've already got a few, including on Monday, you got our second monthly previews episode. And, uh, we, we don't, I don't think, I, I think we agreed that we, these, the, the free, the fifth episode that we do won't always be preview sent. Right. Yeah, that's we, nice. we may in fact do previews. If y'all give us some feedback, if y'all really do enjoy the previews and find it useful, I mean, we could well make it a, a at least a semi-regular thing, but, but we won't make the bonus episode every month necessarily previews. And if y'all, keep doing your due and showing us the love, then we'll have at least two of them each month and then you'll be for sure get something else. But, uh, at least but in any event, at least two events always wants to say at least two. But, but the other cool thing is that, uh, in addition to the goals, which, which benefit everybody, we have for each individual patron, different tiers, um, starting with, uh, the fist bump tier, but then, uh, the EOC familia tier, um, anyone that, that hits us up on that front gets added, uh, ever faithfully by our man Dap to our wall of appreciation, uh, at our main website, 11oClockComics.com. And you also get access to our patron only content. And I gotta say, not trying to, um, to blow smoke up our own asses, but we have done a nice job so far of providing lots of content on the Patreon site. Even We've me. Done a good job. You have been a rock star. Oh, yes. sure. Yeah, right. No, you have. You have. Like, let's just throw out, like, so we've had, um, we've been showing, we've been doing some video stuff of what we've been up to over the weekends. We've, um, everything from Dap organizing his comic room to the three of us each hitting different fleas to, um, uh, what else is there? I guess those are the main things New so York far. York City trips and. That's and, true. Um, our, of course, our, our con trip, uh, we, we, Copious stuff there. Uh, we've also had um, movie analysis. Dap has uh, been in particular good about that, but I think we've all chimed in. We've uh, had a couple uh, topics of conversation that um, not necessarily would be inappropriate for public consumption, but just little little saucier conversation that's better left uh, for patrons only. Um, we uh, give you a little peek into what we're reading each week as we're reading it, so it's easier for you to follow along with the show if you're into that. Yeah, I don't um, do that. I gotta start. No, it's okay. Hey, you, you've been doing great. We know everyone brings their own little thing to it. Um, but the next tier up is the EOC Illuminati tier, and that is ten dollars a month. Which, uh, listen, there that is no small amount of of cash, y'all. And so you get a couple things with that. You get all the previous rewards. You get a shout out on the show, uh, and then the big thing. And we're seeing a lot of people express excitement over this. Uh, if you are at this tier or higher for six months. We will send you a care package. And listen, I know that, uh, you know, you're kind of taking on faith 
that the care package is going to be interesting and worth your while. <laughs> and I will tell you, based on the absurd amount of book that David, Vince, and I all have and are psychically more than happy to get rid of, um, I, I mean, again, we'll, we haven't put any together yet because we're not at that point. But in a few months, we'll be we'll be there, and a lot of you are going to be getting packages. We're going to have some dope packages. I mean, there's going to be you know these are going to be like like holiday gift exchange level packages, not yeah. not you're, like you're not going to get a single free, issue and a button. I mean, yeah. it's not this no is free comic book day books. Yeah, and we would ask that when we send the first set of packages out, we'll set up something and hopefully uh, off Patreon, maybe on the main site where you guys can share what you got. So you know, kind of uh, we'll scratch your back, you scratch ours type of thing. But in any event. Pardon the long-windedness. Uh, Dap, we have a couple new people joining the Illuminati tier, and we love them so much. So why don't you uh, why don't you give them their proper shout-outs? Uh, well, we have Joel Swain. Oh, my man, we Joel. We have Mr. Stephen Dow. Nice. Mr. Samuel Rosen. Sweet. And who's that guy at the end? And uh, we have uh, someone by the name of Daniel White. Yes. And and I will add Our boy. that if you do um, sign up for this level and you have if, – if you're a professional and you have some kind of website, we will be glad to say – Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, here's what I do. I, I do video games or I do comics or I do um, macrame, whatever. If you do something and you would like more people to know about it, let us know, and we will include that information when we do the shout-out. Yeah, for sure. And um, also, as we do approach the care package uh, window in a couple months here uh, for the for the first salvo of you, um, you know, again, we, we will we will do our best to match up what we send you with stuff we think you're going to dig. So I think we will send out. Uh, you know, as we look to approach that that month, we will probably be reaching out to you, and Patreon, Patreon makes it relatively easy to do. We'll be reaching out to you just to get a sense, if we don't already know, the kinds of things you're into or maybe the things that you're not into, just to try and make sure that we don't send you a bunch of stuff that you, you don't really care about or you already have. Everybody's getting porn. I don't care. Uh, gold digger? What? Nice. I, I, there you go. Over my dead body. You know, let me just also... Call out. I mean, of course, uh, of course, our boy, our boy, Mister White, is is our is our homie, our brother. Um, but I, uh, I want to send a special shout out to to Stephen Dow for his sponsorship because um, he freely admitted. Um, He's in from a, Scotland, right? Yes, he is from Scotland. But he freely admitted in our Twitter chat um, that when we announced that we were going to do a Patreon, he was hella skeptical at first and wasn't even sure it was a good idea to do it, much less to support it. He had no intention of supporting it. And um, he frankly said that uh, he joined the sponsorship because we want him over. He saw the, the content and the passion that we were putting behind it, and it convinced him that it was a legitimate uh, additive thing, and he wanted to support it. And that, that means a lot because, you know, he was very honest with us about his his issues, and, and yet, um, you know, we want him over, and that's pretty cool. So. Yes, yes. Very cool. All right, more uh, valiant, right? No, not yet. No, okay. Because while we're on, <laughs> or should we just save the book of the month to the end of the episode? So no, we're not being more ahead. Let's do it now. No, let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right, all right, we can do it. Uh, so for July's book of the month, we had uh, 
11 items to choose from. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to keep making it 11 because it's going to get a little harder as, as time goes on. But oh, we had things that are more. Oh, absolutely. Because two items were, were repeated from, uh, yeah. from June because they were yeah. the, the highest second and third highest, uh, voted items. But you or got to choose more diverse. From, say again. Or more diverse. If you had we to pick, if you had if, to pick 11 completely new books every time we did a book of the month, the diversity in there would be amazing. Because yes. you couldn't rest on your laurels and say, okay, let's bring Ronan over again and nobody's going to vote on the damn thing because I don't want to read. Whoa, dude. It's, we vote Jay, for Ronan every time. Jason votes for Ronan every time. And, and some we of us vote, vote for, for Astro City. <laughs> I changed it. Uh, <laughs> the, um, but it, it's, we, again, you know, just, just to reiterate, we, we need to make sure that the books are available so that, uh, not only we need to get them if we don't have them in our collection, but so that if anybody wants to play along, they can also get it. Um, and uh, it, it needs to be something that we can read in a week or two. So we're looking at like, you know, six, nine, ten issues or so. So uh, there are some qualifiers attached to it. But, yeah, I mean, the main thing is, is it something that is available? I mean, if you just want us to pick a book that we know all three of us have – we could definitely do that, but we want um, we want to see what else people have in mind, and we still do have the um, the suggestion uh, Google form open, so you can you can by all means continue to go to that and uh, and you know one suggestion per line, but you can offer up as many suggestions uh, as you want. But for this month, for July. You had to choose from the following. You were able to choose from the following. American Flag, Hard Times. America. Astro City, Life in the Big City. Black Sad. Doctor Strange, The Oath. I Kill Giants. Identity Crisis. Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. Planetary, Volume 1. Ronan. Superman for All Seasons. And Telos. And this is... And, and this is my question to our patrons. Uh, we know how many people voted and we know how many people are eligible to vote. And the number eligible does not match the number that voted. So I'm just curious to know if, if there were choices here that people weren't feeling and that's why they didn't vote or if it's just if voting, if this is one aspect of the Patreon that they're just like, that's cool. Whatever you guys feel like. Whatever gets voted and you guys talk about, I'm 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 cool with. So um, when you, uh, you, when you don't, don't vote, vote, you get things like we see on our television. That is true. Mm-hmm. So by all means, make your voice heard. It, it's there, there are plenty of people who did vote, uh, and for those that did vote, uh, probably the last episode of the month, which looks like is july 26th uh we will talk about planetary volume one which won with 24 percent of the votes that's awesome and i dug out the uh the six issues that are part of that trade um i do not i don't think i have the trade anymore so i probably don't have the preview issue um so I'll, I'll, I'll flub through that. But yes, we will read the first six issues of Planetary 
at the end of the month. And then um, cool Star Comics, great. Dust off my absolute. Nice. You probably do have the preview. Okay. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody liked the Star Comics joke. Ha <laughs> ha. Planet Him. Terry. <laughs> uh, so yes, so uh, now back to our regularly scheduled show, and uh, which is uh, Vince Talks Valiant. No, actually, <laughs> I want to talk something that was written by Mr. Cullen Bunn. All for real? Oh, so we can we can definitely go to Aftershock Rama because then I have something. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Because everyone knows of my love of the Arthurian legends. Uh, <laughs> As applied to uh, comics, uh, like I said, written and created by Mr. Cullen Bunn. Mm-hmm. Mirko Kolak was the artist, and Maria mm-hmm. Maria Santa Olala was the colorist. La, 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 la. It's published by Aftershock, and mm-hmm. it is the first issue of Unholy Grail. The hell of a cover! An amazing cover. Hard sell for me. I, I have to say, I'm just going to be honest. The, the Arthurian legend is a hard sell for me, but um, this was pretty damn cool and dark, which was the hook for me, because uh, Percival returns back or er, returns to to Albion with the Holy Grail and finds the place in ruins. Um, goes to the round table and the only uh, seat in that, that great hall that's left intact is the Siege Perilous. And what was said, he who retrieves the Holy Grail sits in the Siege Perilous and will will heal Albion. But um doesn't look like it's working because Merlin... Has been has Merlin. Merlin has been overtaken by a demon, not just possessed. Merlin has been killed, yeah, and his skin. The demon is wearing his skin. the demon is wearing his skin, and now guiding the fate uh, of Albion, which probably led to its 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 demise. Um, Uther Pendragon is on his deathbed, and Merlin enters the room, and because Merlin was the trusted advisor. Uh, they they allow him to do whatever he wanted to do, and he basically sticks his fingers in in the in the head of <laughs> Uther Pendragon, who's dying, and uses his head as a puppet. Yeah, and makes his <laughs> and, and makes his mouth move, and, and that's awesome. And he he basically says, "Yes, I I give my blessings. I want Arthur to be the next king." And the the rest of the the people, including uh, Uther's wife, they, they, they look like they're astounded. Like what, Arthur? He's a kid. So Merlin, aka Demon Merlin, um, train Arthur, and he chucks the sacrificial sword, one of many, into the lake, and it also looks like Albion, the Lady of the Lake, is also under some kind of nefarious demonic control as well. So the very land of Albion is tainted and or possessed by something. This was awesome. 
Am I right, Depp? I I love the story. Um, there mm-hmm. are definitely no, there, no, 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 no. There, there, there are definitely some panels that that are there, super strong, and and uh, Colax art is is slim. And there's some panels that um, if there's not much if there's not much action going on, or um, there's not a lot going on. Period. Um, I'm not gonna say they they feel flat, but they're just they don't have the impact that 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 the um, that some of the other panels have. The demon looks menacing AF. I, I do not. Um, I <laughs> poor Merlin. I just that that's it's. I, I this was a real solid setup issue. I, I thought that it, it's it's they knocked it out of the park. It it. Mirko's art definitely works with Colin's story. I just, there were just a few things where I wasn't feeling where he was going, but overall it's, it's a solid package. And, and when, um, and when you do, especially, you know, the dudes hanging around the bed while, while waiting for Luther to die, um, they're just, they're just because, because of everything else, because of the double page spreads and, and, and Merlin, and demon and the lady, the lady, there are so many other things where, you know, those panels look astounding. And yeah, if someone's just standing there next to someone's deathbed, you're not going to see a lot of action. It's not like that. That's supposed to be an exciting panel. It's supposed to be a solemn moment. And it is. It's just, it's, which, which I really can't come down on because it's, it's servicing the story, but it just, it, it didn't, um, after seeing the line work, that he had throughout the rest of the issue, just just seeing you know his wife sad. It just it, it was okay. Yeah, I was able to you know just kind of quickly turn the page past it, and and uh, but I thought it was um it's it's real cool. I, I would never have you know I mean when it comes to Arthurian legends and and whatever kind of tweaks they want to do uh, telling those stories, um, I. Kudos to Cullen because this was uh, I I didn't know what to expect with it and and you know it, it's I'm not I know there were there was an image book a bunch of months ago that I, I really wasn't feeling but I think that was like set in um, either the Crusades or, or, or France it just I wasn't I wasn't feeling that so, so there are definitely books that are of a certain era that I kind of ain't feeling. Um, but this was, uh, I didn't know that this, George, just going by the cover, I had no idea that, that it was about, um, King Arthur and Camelot. Uh, it wasn't until we see, you know, Merlin and they talk about the, the lady in the lake and, and or, or all the swords at the bottom of the, um, of the lake that that's, that's when it started to kind of hit me. So, I mean, early on in the book, I realized what I was in for, but even before that, I, I, I wasn't sure if it was about the, about the crusades or, or, or a different era in, in history. But this was, uh, I, I, I liked it a lot. I definitely, you know, at, I'm enjoying what I'm reading from Aftershock. With great respect, you're tripping on the art. You're tripping. Huh. 
<laughs> I do not. I'm fine with that. I do I, not I, see I, it, brother. I think, yeah, it's wow. Um, you're right. There are pages of intense focus. The battlefield is gut wrenching. Guys with axes in their heads and uh, pole arms through their throats. Crows picking at dead men's eyes. Horses yeah. with with swords in them. Uh, remnants of uh, the very earth blown and blasted out. And it's just like, wow, how dark can this get? And and then when when Percival brings the the Holy Grail to the Siege Perilous, it's just so freaking dark, and he's sweaty and dirty and disgusting and tired, and the demon is just great. And then you get to the Pendragon's room, and it's it's uncharacteristically bright, and there's not yeah. a lot there's not a lot going on in the background other than once the scene is set, you see his room. And you, mm-hmm. you see the castle in which this room is located. So then Miracle kind of lets up a little bit on the background details. So I, that mm-hmm. may be what you're thinking. But the line here is, wow, it is rugged and, and just imprecise, which I love. I love an imprecise line. Not to say that human anatomy looks off. It's just that the lines seemingly were allowed to do what they wanted to do it feels natural it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a sculpted carved contour line it's stuff is just messy and not unpleasingly so right would you say mm-hmm. that yeah. oh yeah no i would agree with that and then you get to the last page and and percival is um is attacked by something and, and we don't know yet what's go what's what's happening. We don't even know. But wow, I I admit I, I I have given I have overlooked a lot of aftershock because the books that they launched, um, eh, they they weren't didn't really speak no. to me all that much. Right. Yeah, no, you hit on it. We 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 talked about because Mike Mark started this company. He was a, a renowned longtime editor primarily DC. And there was some buzz when he started it back in in 15. And we gave, uh, we gave those first set of books a try. I know it was so Super American Zero. Monster. Right. American right. Monster, Super Zero, Rough Riders. Insects. Well, and Insects I liked. Uh, you guys right. didn't read about it. I oh, okay. No, you're just talking, Okay. So. Yeah, but I'm saying, but to, to Vince's point, some of those early ones in particular, I know Super Zero, which was Amanda and Jimmy, and uh, Rough Riders, which was Pat Olaf and uh, Adam Glass. Um, I thought they were okay, but they didn't. They didn't pull me in. They right. didn't. They didn't. They're not you know. my ass. Yeah, but 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 to your point, I mean, I, they're they're starting to get their groove. Uh, now I haven't read on Holy Grail, but y'all clearly dug it. I I think you like it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you will too. But I mean, Jimmy's Bastards is off to a great start. Oh yes, as I as you, as you noted, I I enjoyed Insects. We we all we we all were super stoked for what we saw of uh, of Dark Ark in the previews. Um. Baby Teeth number one with Donnie Cates and yeah. Derry Brown I loved. Yep. Um we talked about animosity a little bit. I, I actually have all the I have the first seven issues ready to read um to to speak on it in the next week or two. So yeah, I think they're really they're they're and you know, you look at the books that they've done, I mean they have t- terrific creators. It speaks to how well Mike Martz is connected and, and is and is appreciated in the industry. Um you know, you got 
you got Paul Jenkins, Azarello, Juan Doe, Marguerite Bennett, uh, Frank Barbieri, you know, Frank Barbieri, G- uh, Gary Brown, Donnie Cates. You got G- Jimmy and Amanda, Phil, Phil Hester, uh, Mark Wade, Justin Jordan, uh, Justin Jordan, John Layman, Sam Keith. That's interesting. You know, that's a book. I don't know if either of you have tried it. Um, Ron, Ron Richards, uh, uh, yes. my fanboy, actually made the latest issue of Eleanor and the Eager at his pick of the week. Yep. And I have not read that book, but it's by John Lehman and Sam Keith, which is a hell of a pairing. Um, so I don't know if you guys tried that one out, but that that his his praise for it definitely piqued my interest. Uh, I did, yeah, man. Um, get through World Reader, uh, the first three issues. Oh. So okay, bad. it's great. Man, Juan Doe has been like, is he like exclusive to that now? Right, that's what I was asking on Monday night because I yeah. mean, between the animosity world reader, Rise, American monster, world and reader, then, and, and he's got yeah. some covers. Um, it's yeah. uh, I'm gonna. I did, even though I mentioned it on Monday that I, I read the first three issues of Animosity, and I was pretty much where I was gonna stop. I did read four and five, so I'll wait. Oh, cool. Until okay. until right. you get to it, and then we can tag yeah. on. I'll read it this week, so we can maybe talk on it next week. Me too. Sweet. Um, cool. Good. Cool. Please. Uh, right. How about world so, reader? Can we talk about that too? Yeah, uh, yeah, I had it. I don't have, I don't have those issues. But, yeah, you, you do uh, now. Cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's. Um, if Dap doesn't have anything to add, let's move on. Let's speak on it. Speak on something else. Well, it's your turn. Um, I, I'd love to talk about Extremity. If you guys read issue number five, mm. I did not. I God damn! I did neither. Headlock. Oh my lord! You're <laughs> killing me, small. <laughs> Jesus, it's so good. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. I read seven through eternity, six and seven. All right, talk on that. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that that's a nice that's a nice follow up. That's a right. that's a nice consolation prize. There you go. Go for it. Okay, well, issue number six of Seven to Eternity is by the regular co-founding team of Mister Rick Remender and Mister Jerome Pena. And then, if you're gonna have a fill-in artist. I never like to see fill-in artists in creator-owned series, but if you're going to have one, you could do a hell of a lot worse than having James Heron do a two-issue arc, which is what we get the first of his two issues in issue number seven, which is a bit of a look back on uh, a character that uh, was in the book, <laughs> um, but uh, was being the operative word. But but look, uh, so yeah, so issue six is the continuation of the main story, which is to say that, uh, you know, where we left off is essentially, um, uh, Adam Ocetus and his, his crew of Mozax, uh, or those remaining are continuing their perilous journey, uh, hence the term, the title seven to eternity of trying to get the, uh, the, the, the God of whispers, uh, who is currently being shackled. His powers are being contained by, uh, by, by the Mozax in their, so, I don't know. The, I don't know if it has a name, but that owl creature that can keep him from using his powers. They're trying to get him to a place where a wizard can essentially break the bond that the God of Whispers has with many people in the lands. The reason here, it's a little bit like the um, like the One Ring issue in Lord of the Rings. They, the God of Whispers, was a tyrant. They finally, they they early in the series, they invade his throne room. That they, they they gain the upper hand. But they can't kill him because he has built his empire through building a psychic bond with people that he makes deals with through his whispers. And essentially, if they kill him, 
without uh, the wizard's help, they will kill everyone that he's got a bond with as well. So, which is a lot like, of people. Yeah, right. It's it's yeah. I mean, I don't know if they even, but it's it's many many people. I mean, it's, it's certainly well within the thousands, if not, could be even more than that. I don't remember. But um, but they 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 get to a point. I think in issue four or five where they have to pick a path. So they can go the long way, or they can go the direct route, which is through a very perilous uh, swamp. And uh, it wouldn't be the right kind of story if they didn't have to ch- if they didn't choose the swamp. And part of the reason for that is that um, um, the God of Whisper's son, the Pied Piper, uh, is is has was thrown off their trail uh, by one of their members acting as a decoy. But he's now figured that out, and he's 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 trying to find them and catch up to them. And he's a force to be reckoned with. And so they opt to take the swamp in order to try and maintain their lead on uh, on the Piper and any of the God of Whispers, or, or, or I mean, uh, you know, the, the King, the Whisper Kings, uh, other, you know, other minions or what have you. Um, and shit goes tits up in the swamp. Uh, part, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's my that's my good analysis, but that's really what happens. I mean, it, the swamp is apparently haunted with the spirits of other people. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. People that go in the swamp die. And then their spirits become part of the swamp and haunt and torment and try and kill other people to bring them with them. So it's this never ending cycle. And so they attack and things go haywire to the point where, um, basically homeboy is broken free of his shackles and, um, Ocetus is forced to make a tough choice, which is he can either save a member of his team who is getting pulled into it's effectively quicksand, but it's, it's like swampy, but it's like some kind of quick swamp. Um, she's getting, she's getting pulled down with, and, and so he has to either save, uh, Mr. Whisper or he has to save her. And, um, I guess controversially he chooses to save him. And, you know, I guess we're supposed to feel like he, he's a bastard for doing that, but I totally get why he did it, which is that, Again, if if he let dude die, then all those people were going to die. Mm-hmm. But what we don't know is that early in the series, Osidas is dying. He's 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 got terminal illness, and uh, and, and he is offered a deal, much like 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 he's like the Whisper King always offers. Is he's he basically says, "Listen, man, if you if you set me free or you side with me, I will cure you." And you can go live your life with your family. Um, now, Ocetus doesn't take him up on that offer, but he is tormented by the offer because he is scared of dying and leaving his family with no protector, no provider. Um, so we're torn now to to wonder, as are his Mozak partners, whether through this maelstrom of, of conflict, uh, did he choose to save him because he made the deal? Or did he choose to save him for because it was the thing he needed to do in order to save all those people? We don't really know that, or at least his his counterparts don't know that. And they were already distrustful of him because the Ocetus family name, specifically Adam's father, is already considered to be Tratorius. So there's a lot of uncertainty now, um, and we are left with uh, with them basically being broken off from the rest of the crew, heading to the next point in the journey. Um, with a lot of questions about whether Adam really is still with them, whether he's willing to sacrifice himself or not, whether he's given in to the to the whispers. Um, so there's there's definite drama there, and there's been more casualties. 
Um, but the seventh issue, which is where Heron steps in, is uh, a bit of a backstory where um, we get a glimpse into um, you know some of the reason that the, the people that are against him joined up into this merry band. And, uh, we, you know, we, the, from my understanding, it's both issues cir- circle around um, the same character who, who passed away in, in the fifth issue, um, just kind of setting up her story. So, um, you know, the, the, the um, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Do you guys remember her name? Which That's, one? The, the, the girl who's uh, the story of, of issue seven. Um, uh, Javalia? Jubilee. Yeah, that's Javelia. Javelia, yeah. So um, this is a story of Javelia and uh, how she came to be a part of this crew. Um, Heron's art here is it's it's funny because you can't get much more detailed than than Opeña. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but so this is less detailed per se. But man, is it breathtaking! Uh, it, it's it's just. I mean, I like it makes me weep <laughs> how nice it is. Um, but yeah, this is a look at uh, the seventh issue is a look at Javalia um, with her, her, she and her brother, and uh, her own personal story of betrayal at the hands of her brother. Um, uh, but it it is not, but it's really well done by Remender because it's it's not um, it, it's not just a, a look back. Uh, we do continue the main story. Um, a bit, and uh, and then frankly, and I guess what well, I guess I alluded to it. She, she doesn't. It ends up that she's not dead. She, she's. We think in the sixth issue that that Adam chose chose the Mud King uh, over her, but but in reality, um, she's made from stronger stock than that, and so she is not in fact dead. Uh, and they need to try and resur- revive her by bringing her to this city, which is in essence a, a, a Sodom and Gomorrah type of a place. Um, and uh, and Heron draws some crazy creatures, um, but he also draws some pretty fetching women. For real, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, it's like, dude. Um, and he just there's some cool stuff. Like I don't know, I don't know if if he just created these creatures or if Remender did, but like the part where they're talking to the horned goblin dude, and he's got the uh, the frog on his shoulder. Yeah. He's got like a cyclops. He's got a blue turquoise frog. That's a cyclops. The one eyed frog. And the frog eats gold. Mm-hmm. So they got to like feed the frog gold in order for the goblin dude to give them the information they wanted. They, that they, they want. Um, it's just really trippy. It's really trippy. And, uh, um, you know, Heron can, if they want Heron to fill in every couple issues, he can, He's got my vote now. You're good with it. that? You're okay with it? Well, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Is, it's all it, right. It works because the group is kind of split up. We're not we're not dealing with the Mud King. We're not dealing with Adam. So it's it's because of the because of the the non-human characters and the world they're in now. It it really works. To Heron's strengths, because it's, it's, I mean, we know what right. he can do with Rumble. Um, he worked on BPRD, so we know he can do the, the, the more outrageous or, or fantastical elements, and, and he, he nailed it. And I think that there, there's one page, two pages, because it's, um, 
there's a reveal. I mean, he, he sets it up on the last panel of one page. You turn the page and I completely wasn't expecting that. And that, that's, that's the kind of shit I live for when it comes to comic books. Because if you can, if, if, if you could get me to turn a page and you didn't spoil something, you didn't give anything away, then that's, that's perfect. That is, that's exactly why this medium works for me be because if I turn a page and I'm facing something that's supposed to be shocking or, or reveal, then, then you just poor layout and, and, and you failed miserably. But this, this was, this was fantastic. The, the and Hollingsworth who colors Opania's issues, uh, kept the coloring here and obviously it looks different. Yeah, it's much because flatter. He uses much Heron, flatter colors, right? There. And that's because yeah. Heron's line is a lot more open, and, and right. he lets lets the colorist just basically color in everything. Whereas Opeña, we know how he can get with his shading and 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 his lines, and it's it's it looks darker overall. The thing, the you know, Jerome gives you when when you read his issues, you he gives you all the despair. You get it's it's like. When you read a Jerome Pena issue of Seven to Eternity, you just, every page, you swear things are never going to get better for these Right, people. it feels heavy, it's, right. It does. And yeah. it's, it's just like, this is not a hopeful book at all. I can't, it, I, I almost need to, to shower when I'm done with an issue. It's just like, I, I, I can't, I, no matter what the worst thing in the world is, these these seven are going through so much worse because Jerome is putting them through it and and whereas Heron, even though this particular issue, uh, especially with some of the characters, it may not be they may not have an optimistic outlook, but between the lines and the colors, it doesn't feel as though there is absolutely no hope. And right, you're right. It's it's um. I love when they put the so when they go into the city to try and save Javalia, <laughs> they do a cloaking spell to uh, to cover themselves up and well not to actually just the opposite of covering someone. And Katie, who is Adams Ocetus's daughter, who joins the party late in the game, uh, she gets cloaked to look like this this I mean a, a raven haired woman who's basically wearing nothing but a loincloth, and she's got a giant badonk. I mean, like a gigantic She's got, got some huge-ass hips, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I wish I knew Heron well enough to hit him up and be like, is that your shtee? Is that, like, is that your... Is that, <laughs> is that your that that? Is that what you... Like those big badonks? Is that your thing? But uh, I don't know him like that, so... Like, I can't ask. Can't yeah, have that. Yeah, she's wide. She is wide. Mm-hmm. Um... But maybe, well, maybe because she's uh, she's got the red hair going on. Maybe maybe, maybe that is his thing. Uh, the um, yeah, the 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 Javali's brother's a bastard. Let me just say that. That's what I'm saying. And and which uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to to spoil anything there. This was, you know, and, and as far as when it comes to and and Rick kind of mentioned it when we had him on, um, the fact that it's not part of. If you want to call it, it's not the main story that Jerome is drawing, but it's, it's kind right. of a, a sidetrack for, for James to tell, for, to draw this particular story with, with, with Javalia and, and Laszlo and, and, uh, and, and just this, this part of this world. That was just, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know if it just, it really was, uh, a, a perfect, coming together it, it it i can't imagine anybody else 
drawing these two issues. I we haven't seen the next one yet, but the, this two part story um, that complements what Rick and Jerome are doing from the beginning. It, it's uh, it's just I, James is a real solid choice for this. I mean, it, it, it's it's a strong issue. I mean, yeah, it's you don't even even though we kind of can say it's a fill in, it, it it's it's part of the larger narrative, but um, it's. It, it, it's almost it. I don't, you can't call it a film, but it is, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, you, it almost feels as important as the main story. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just like, it, because it looks different and, and because it's not Jerome and, and they diverted off, off the story that they were telling with the first six issues. Um, it, it, it can look like it's not, but it, it's, um, It'll, it, it, it's not the same style as Jerome, but because of the story they're telling, it, it's pretty much perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the highest compliment I could give Opeña and Heron is that when I select images for the gallery that accompanies each episode, I have a pretty good eye and I, and I pick the pages that I feel are most pleasing to my eye and both encapsulate what I think the creative team are trying to do with the book. The, the book that the pages that best illustrate what's going on in an average issue. I mm-hmm. have a hard time picking a, an Opeña page and I have a hard time picking a Heron page or spread because they're all amazing. They're one. If I pick one, I say, okay, this is the one I'll get to the next page well, you know, I could use this one too, and and I yeah. and I keep going, and each page is jaw droppingly gorgeous or detailed or or just in in line with what I feel the seven to eternity story is. Any page works. Well, unfortunately, we will never be able to get the art from James's seven to eternity oh, because the, <laughs> both issues were, were sold. Uh, were sold in their entireties. Yeah, you love how he says "we" when he really yeah. means me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, me, I know. Hey, I mean, man, I don't presume y'all buy your y'all, y'all have art. You're the one that laments over it. Dap and I are just like, all right, <laughs> son, that's it. We just can't have it. You're like, god damn, I can't have that art. God damn. <laughs> hey, you know, we all have our our peccadillos. Yeah, not me though. I don't have any. No, not. Dude, you just got done talking about how you'd like to buy some art. <laughs> Like a half oh, hour ago. Did you see him he come off that springboard so fast? Man, he was going for that ring. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'm going to get him. That's it. All right. Yeah, these are just amazingly. This is next level stuff. Yeah. High bar, though. Um, if Heron can't do a fill-in issue and they needs to get someone else somewhere along the line, it's going to be a very, very tough act to follow. You There's only though? a few guys that can do this book. You're right, but here's the thing. Rick has a superpower in being able to partner up with great artists. I'm sure he Well, yeah, it's true. He's proven. You're going to tell me if, if he gets Tokini to do a two-issue arc, we're going to complain? Uh, I wouldn't complain. Exactly. Right. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. That would be dope. So, so dope. I was you there for a second. Hope you don't mind. Oh, I love it so much. All right. Let's move on and talk about something else. Okay. 
Well, Gap, Gap, we have um, a choice because I I think we – well, we're only at 2.15. We could talk about both of them because one one of them is is, uh, very quick. Um, Written by Rafer Roberts, art by Francis Portela, and color art by seemingly the go-to guy at Valiant, Andrew Dalhouse, right? Um, It's Rye, the history of the Valiant universe number one, which is a bit of a – you know, misnomer because it's only one issue. It's a it's a it's a one shot. It's a bunch. Um, in a nutshell, it's everything you need to know about Valiant 2.0. Or no, I'm sorry. At this point, it would be 3.0, right? If we count the acclaim stuff as 2.0. Yeah. So yeah, Valiant 3.0. But it was, but it's not like they ever stopped publishing. It was still, yeah, I know what you're saying though, but it's, um, yeah, everything we know to date and maybe some things that haven't happened yet. Right. Um, uh, but they, this, this incarnation of the Valiant universe, I want to say new Valiant, it's the same as the OG version, but different. Yeah. There, there are some very, very different things about this incarnation of Valiant. Mm-hmm. And um, to sum it up, basically, we're in the 41st century. This is, is Rye's stomping ground. Okay. And, and Gilead, and uh, who we all know is the Eternal Warrior, can't die. And mm-hmm. he, he's recounting the history of the Valiant universe for Rye, who is, is sworn to be Earth's protector, and the period's new geomancer, Karana. And the he gives her the, the, the book of the geomancer and, and he says, okay, you're the only one that can read this. And she's like, what? And so she's going through the book and it's recounting everything. The the brothers, Annie Pada, Master Dark, uh, Arik the Visigoth, Toyo Harada, uh, Shadow Man, Unity, Divinity, The Armor Wars, Project Rising Spirit, like, and on and on and on. Um... But it doesn't seem, it didn't seem overly preachy and hopscotchy because when when you do something like this, it's like, okay, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this, and this, and this. It it just, it seems like, which is the the thing that I love about this incarnation of Valiant, it seems like all these events had a reason for happening. We're interconnected with other events leading to new events, and it, it's just an organic beast that they're building with this this Valiant. And this book, I hope, and I, I felt that this way, th- this book will, will make give you some insight as to why I feel this way. It just feels like this living, breathing, shared universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I agree. Uh, this was a... I, I like that the art is... It's fantastic, oh, it's and I don't ungodly. I, it's it's a gorgeous line. I don't know if um, and it's a sculpted line too, which usually pushes me away. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's a. Um, I know there's some artists who are very open with their line work, uh, and and they let the colorist kind of do the heavy lifting. I don't know if that's the um, relationship between Portello and, and Dalhouse, but the 
the actual lines on the page uh, are close to flawless. I, I think the way everybody carries themselves and and it is there's a lot going on. I mean, it is it's it's the history of. So it's not just these three people talking over a book. They you're, you're seeing what they're talking about. So so you're reliving. Um, the events from the Valiant, and and it could just be—I mean, it's not Marvel Saga where they cut up some panels and threw some text in there, and and they didn't use panels from previous issues no. until I had to draw Which all of would have this. been a downer. Yeah. Yes. Um, but even if it's just one panel, where you know you just see the astronaut and I, I can't remember his name. From Divinity and, and, you know, sitting in the cockpit and okay, well, I mean, we read that. So we know that that, that panel is specifically Divinity. And then you see the, the panel of, of the bleeding monk. And, and I remember that from when they were talking about Harada. And, and so if you've, and, and they have, you know, a panel for Vince's Britannia in here. So, I mean, mm-hmm. everything's connected. Um, but if you don't, if you're not familiar with an earlier title, you don't feel dumb for not having read it. You just you're 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 going along with it, and 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 there are things that you'll see in here that if you see in another Valiant book, you'll just you'll remember. And and it just I think Roberts did a really good job making sense of it all, and and just letting you know that you know it, we've been doing this for a few years now, and this is where we are. This is what's what we've done where we're kind of going and uh and it it's just it's just a handful of pages it's not it it's it's a regular sized issue it's not like they went all in on an annual size or it's it's a four part mini series it's just it's one issue and and it it makes sense to do it with rye as opposed to you know a character right. in the present day because it's a look back right so yeah. it's um, and it's a look back at things that we haven't seen happen yet. So we'll see where it goes or if things can somehow change the future. But, uh, like, I, I thought my it was... favorite, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What well, you said that things that we haven't seen happen. I, I love the page when they're, they're walking and there's the shadow woman. Yes. On, on the, on the bridge yep. and. Yep. Gilad's just like, mm, keep walking. Don't, keep don't, walking. don't, don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be here when it's night. Yeah. So just, uh... But I think my domino is going to be Karana. I think I'm going to get commissions of, of Karana. I see you are not. Oh, look at her. Oh, no, I hear that. So fine. You don't have the um, <laughs> patience to get commissions. I don't have the... No, I don't. You're right. <laughs> you don't have the, the maniacal... Uh... I don't. Obsession to seek them out. No, no. But so, yeah, and it's it's great because it's a primer for the uninitiated, but it's also great for um, longtime fans because there are little nuggets of new buried in mm-hmm. in in the retelling. Yeah, it it was phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah, and I'm not a big Rye guy, so the fact that uh, you know it, it it's a Rye book and he's it's, it's really not so, a rye book. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's a title, 
Right. It's, it's, it's part of his story, but it's, and, and he's in it, but it's, um, like it, it didn't, it could have e- very easily just said the history of the Valley universe. Yeah. It, 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 but it's, you know, so had it, had I, had it just been wry and, and a special one shot issue, I probably would have overlooked it and not bothered. But the fact that, you know, it's the history of, and, and we're reading some things and like, you know, we were just, we were just talking about, Exo Man of War and whether or not we know why he is where he is and how long it's been and what happened and um you know it, it's not like they've really gone into anything as far as his predicament in this issue either so it's an overview right they don't right. get they don't exactly. get in, in terribly specific and in, in, well they do but they flesh out the Big beats, the little ones are mentioned, but not in extensive detail. Which is why they're little beats. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Something else. Man, I don't know. Did, did Valiant put a fourth book out this week? or They did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah, they did. So what else do you have to, to speak on? Um, what about this U.S. Avengers stuff? I'm interested in that. Mm, no, nah. It's uh, it was it got off to a rocking start, but it got caught Six up in the Secret event. Empire? In the oh, in yeah. the event, in the uh, new, in the new I'm, show, I'm, I'm sorry. All right, no, it's all good. I want to be, but re- you know what though? What? No, I will. I will. You mentioned something in the previews that I had cool. not heard of, which was Dustin Weaver's Packless. Oh, nice! You read some of that. I, I read the first and second issues, and I gotta say, I mean, you know, you, I guess I didn't know much about Dustin Weaver, so I don't know why I would have had a preconception of what he was into, but this was not what I was expecting. I mean, it's his own anthology, his own zine, right? I mean, it. Yep. It's 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 not dissimilar to what Brandon's doing with Island. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, it's, I don't know that I would say the stories are that gripping to me, like from a pure, pure, purely narrative, like a linear narrative standpoint, but I was absolutely mesmerized by the, the look into the man that we get here. And, uh, and this is very much a personal passion project. Dustin speaks on each um, story that he does and, and why he why he decided to do it and, and the journey um, like one of the stories he said has been in his head since he had a dream as a teenager and he never felt he had lots of fits and starts as, as to how to put pen to paper and he never felt up to the task it was always a failure and he had finally gotten to the point where he thought he could he could illustrate it and it's the most bizarre story where this guy is you don't know if he's insane or if it's a dream, but he's basically um, like in love with uh, with a, a, an insect. But then he thinks he's an insect, and sometimes she's an insect and he's not. Sometimes he's half insect and she's half insect. Sometimes they're both human. It's very bizarre. It's like a fever dream, um, right? And 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 then there's a more straightforward sci-fi story uh, where it's it's a guy interacting with his dad. Who's now just a, a head on a on a cyborg body? Although I have a feeling we then see other parts of his dad later because he signs off the first issue by saying, 
the last I ever saw of my dad, at least his head anyway. And um, just, yeah, it's, it's just a crazy, trippy, visually alarming book that uh, just came totally out of nowhere. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I frankly don't know if there's much of any commercial appeal to this. Um, Probably not. But it's, it's hella interesting. I mean, it's, 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 again, I think you liken it to, to the island. You liken it to Farrell Dalrymple's stuff that he does on his own. Um, but what, what is most fascinating to me is that it comes from Weaver because when we, when we saw Weaver doing big two comics, in particular, most notably Shield, um, he was Opeña level hyper detailed with super detailed, crisp, fine line work that left nothing to be desired. Uh, to the imagination, rather, and um, he has a lot more freedom in this to 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 strut his stuff. We see uh, many different artistic approaches in this in these two issues from from Dustin, and uh, yeah, like I said, it, it was just fascinating to me. I, I, I don't I don't know that I came away with any of the stories thinking, no, that's just an incredible story per se, but. But uh, but the journey behind his decision to create these stories truly intrigues me. You summed up exactly why I, li- I love this book. Oh, my man, there you go. Yeah, because it, it doesn't seem like – now, I know Image is in the business to make money. Comics are sold for a reason, and that's to get people to pay for them. The more people read it, the more people, the more money they make. Everybody's happy, blah, blah, blah. It, it feels to me that these stories were written and drawn with – no other impetus but because Dustin Weaver had to create them. Yeah. He had a, yeah. a, a desire, uh, a longing to capture this ephemeral idea in his head in some concrete, um, reproducible manner, not so other people can read them. That seems like almost secondary or tertiary to the reason why they were made. The, the, the primary reason seems to me that he made them because he had to and it's art yeah. for, it's art for art's sake yeah. and and like i said yes it is commerce but these stories feel like they were crafted for no other reason than the 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 love of crafting commerce. absolutely yeah absolutely and that wins me over every time yeah exactly i mean uh um yeah, I I don't know. Do you do you do you know if this is like? Is he gonna? Do you know how long this is going? For? Well, issue five has been solicited in this okay. previews. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, another another thing this is evocative of is um, Wes Craig's Black Hand comics, where he does yes. the anthologies of very different stories that uh, that just float his own boat. So yeah, this is the kind of thing I feel good about supporting. Um, you know, and I I just it's. Yeah, but but more, more for the sake of it than than like I'm not clamoring to re to see any of these stories to their conclusion to be honest, um, but I do feel like continuing to buy the book because I love that a creator is so compelled to make. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to come off sounding sounding. Um, this is going to sound like highbrow, but it's 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 art for art's sake, which you know again it sounds very much like sounds like bullshit, but. But that, like you said, that's what it feels like, though. He's just making these comments because he, he wants to. He feels the need to. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Barry Windsor Smith's Storyteller. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some, yeah. of, some of the stories in there were like, um, what? It, it's kind of like when, when 
in Purple Rain when Prince's father said, nobody gets your music but you. Nobody understands your music but you. And it's like, it's true. We can we can come to that, that starting line on these stories and, and try and feel and, and understand and, and just get it, in other words. Try, just try and, and uh, latch on to that, that, that idea that the, the artist is trying to convey. And unless, this may sound like a cop-out again, unless you are the artist in question here, it seems to me like you're never fully going to. There, there's going to be many varied approximations of what is, or interpretations of what is going on here. And that's okay. I love that. I, I don't need the, the, uh, the concordance to the Dustin Weaver universe. I, I want to interpret it my way. And I'm sure it would differ very much from his way. That's the beauty in it. The real yeah, joy yeah. for me is that line work. My God. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's astounding. Incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I, um, I, w- I don't want to be told what to feel and what to think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, w- was the was the insect story the, the most memorable for you as well? Or, or did sure. something else grab you? Yeah, yeah. no. Come on. I mean, that, that that's in my wheelhouse. Just because it's visually, I thought, the most um, tied to my sensibilities. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm not alone here. I hate roaches. I, I mean, I have an un, probably an unnatural disgust. With me, it's uh, silverfish. Okay, yeah, I'm not a fan of those. See, I, I think but, roaches are beautiful. I think they, well, I think they're beautiful creatures. You're okay. Well, I do not. I, in fact, if I see a roach, I literally, it's like I'm, I, I'm, I'm calling in the hazmat team. I, I very, I, uh, very good to know. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it freaks me out. I mean, I, I it, every now and then, if I if I've seen one like in the vicinity of, of Stately Wood Manor, I I I I immediately tell Beth we got to get the exterminators out to fumigate. It's just crazy. She's like, you know, we live in a forest, right? I'm like, I don't care. Like, uh, here, just, if there's one, if you see one, there's a trillion uh, right around there. Um, exactly. So to to see him. Drawing humans half roach and copulating with roaches was just disgusting. I to thought, me. I thought just, it was great. No, but that's my point. It's 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 visually alarming, which is the point of it. So it does the job. I mean, yep. um, what was that? Um, what was it? Cat's Eye. What what what, what was the move? The one of those horror anthology creep movies. Show. Was it Creep he Show? Ate, he ate when the, the dude yeah. had the clean room and the, the roach. Yes, yeah. 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 he, he thought the roaches were the raisins in his oatmeal. Yep, creep show. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, that was. Oh Jesus, that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh Jesus! You know this is all great to know because I am going to exploit this someday. No, you're, dude. It will end our friendship. <laughs> nah, dude. Like, there's certain things you can't fuck with. If you if you if you fucks with the bugs with me, uh, we're, we 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 done. We got, we, done. <laughs> we, got we, we we got serious problems. All right. Yeah. I had uh, the bugs freak me out. Which is why I could never, like, you know, my dad just removed down to Florida. My, I could never live in Florida. I just couldn't do it. Because, like, roaches are, they don't even call them roaches down there. Cause they have, they, what do they call them? Uh, I think they call them dogs down there. No, they call them, um, 
they have another name for them because like they don't want to say that their houses are infested with roaches. Really? I'm like, yeah, they're called. Um, I don't know. All the Southerners are probably yelling at the at, at their radios right now. Um, uh, but whatever. There's there's my point is down in the in the hot areas. There's lots of roaches, and they just treat them like any other bug. And I'm like, nah, dude. Like these are another whole thing. I mean, these are not regular bugs. These are palmetto bug. Palmetto bugs, exactly. Which are fucking giant roaches. <laughs> I mean, nasty as fuck. I can't nasty stand as those fuck shit. Giant flying prehistoric creatures that wallow in filth. And your house has them, and you act like it's just chill, dude. <laughs> it's like, you don't worry about you it. You need to fucking have a DT bomb set off in your house every week. I mean, oh my god, you need to have anthrax in the corners of your house, and just, I mean, I, oof. I don't fuck with palmetto bugs. Dude. I, I really can't use this for real. <laughs> no, dude. No. No. Why, you're okay with roaches? No, I don't mind. I, I Come on, I'm in Pennsylvania. What do I know of roaches? But um, well, You don't ever have a roach, ever? No. Well, there you go. No, we're, we're clean. Um, <laughs> that's my point, though. That's exactly my point, right? If you see a roach, you assume there's a, an issue, right? Yeah. Infestation. No, that's not. Uh, there, I, I'm sure there are people that will tell you that's not the case. It's not a cleanliness issue. It's a it's a environment issue. If they're in the area, you're going to get them. I know. I hate it. But they're not in my area, so I guess I, I mean, I've been lucky. But no, I think design wise, a roach is a really beautiful animal, and they're built to last too. Those fuckers are tough. It's evolution. Yeah. Na- natural selection. Those those guys have survived for reasons. So. That is true. But yeah, the uh, the art in Packless is just like, woof. I know, that, right? That, that's an adjective. Woof. Woof. It's really something, and uh, it's uh, again maybe a cop out, but it's it's uh, very much out of the ordinary, as is the book itself. So it's perfect for it. Like this is not a Dustin Weaver that we've really seen a whole hell of a lot of. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Dap, you want to hit on? I, I would love to know what you thought of the other um, um, Looney Tunes DC crossover books because you read them all. I only read the Batman Elmer Fudd because it was I, the Boy Tom King, but there's two I haven't read yet. But yeah, so far the ones that I have, um, the Lobo Roadrunner was a uh, looked absolutely amazing. That was, uh, that is by Bill Morrison. And I, I mean, the cover credits just say Morrison. So at first you're like, ooh, but no. Uh, Bill Morrison is your or, writer. Kelly Jones. Or ew. Is your, uh, artist. And, uh, Michelle Madsen does your colors. It's a, um, it, it was, it was sort of kinda. But not quite like Tom's Batman Elmer Fudd. He he had everybody um, as human caricatures of of their cartoon counterparts. Uh, what Morrison did with this story is he used the actual he used the characters from the cartoon. So there were you see Sylvester the cat in a uh, in in a um, in a lab tank. Uh, you see Roadrunner, you see 
Wile E. Coyote, because uh, it turns out that back in uh, the Nevada desert in 1949, there were um, there were some scientists who went hunting, and they used um, uh, the alien DNA from Area 51 and and injected that. And use that as as the um, as the springboard to, to to mutate all the animals. So uh, that's how Wiley Coyote became a, uh, a super genius. Was able to walk on his hind legs, um, and the Roadrunner was a lot faster than your average Roadrunner. But while that is going on, and we see different versions uh, from the, the 50s, the 60s, 1972, 1985, all the times when um, Wiley was after the Roadrunner. Uh, and even, it, so it's um, in 19, uh, yeah, 2009, Roadrunner's wearing a shirt that says, uh, don't blame me, I voted for change. And, and uh, there's a plate of birdseed that the uh, Wiley is holding on to that's his uh, free bird seed and health care. So they tried to make some of it topical. But while, um, while all that's going on, we cut to Lobo, uh, who is, um, who was just finishing up a, uh, a job he was hired to do. Um, Wiley is finally fed up and, and just, He's not, he's not going to be able to kill the rotor. He's not going to catch it. So he just kind of basically turns himself in and, um, figures I'll just eat. I'll, I'll, I'll be locked up in a cage for the rest of my days, but at least, you know, I'll get fed. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll be, uh, I won't be driven crazy by this goddamn bird. Uh, but then Sam, the, uh, Sam, the sheepdog shows up and he's all jacked up and muscular uh goes up to Wiley and uh he says you remind me of my friend Ralph and while all that is going on again we cut to Lobo and the the team apart of it is is basically um Wiley gets in touch or, or gets meets with Lobo. They kind of yeah, Wiley says, "Listen, I'll I'll hire you to kill the Roadrunner. We'll, we'll we'll exchange jobs." And um, the uh, the Lobo has Wiley take care of of what he was hired to do, and Lobo's going to take care of the um, of the Roadrunner, which was. Lobo's job that he then outsourced to Wiley had to deal with um, the uh, the Green Lantern Corps, and that was um, Lobo had to kill a member of the Corps. Wiley figured out that's easy enough to do. Didn't go out the way he had planned it. He gets sent back to Earth after um, the. Uh, after Lobo's unsuccessful in 
capturing or killing uh, the Roadrunner. They basically just try. It, it, it's a weird story. It's it's just. I mean, it looks fantastic, but um, it was not a. Uh, it's definitely not on par with uh, with what Tom was doing. It, no, it, it's mm-hmm. it's there's it, there's yeah, it's it's Kelly Jones drawn Lobo. So. Okay, yeah, so, so, that, so you got a free pass in my book right there. Right. But right. The, the goings but, on in the issue, it's nothing different than the cartoons. And it's, and, and it is as haphazard as this somewhat review was, it, it's kind of that, that's pretty much how it felt to read it. it. It just, it was, it was, we're cutting to this scene, we're cutting to that scene. There were scenes that, you know, are familiar to you from the cartoon, mm-hmm. but there's no, it wasn't, at least with Tom's story, the reveal, it, it it made sense in a cartoon kind of way, but he made the story work with the characters that were there. This was just yeah. this was a hodgepodge of of just it, and things weren't even all that funny. It, whereas it, Tom's story in, in that noir sense it was still amusing. The the uh, Legion of Superheroes Bugs Bunny special, I thought that was amusing. The editor's notes were great. You had actual thought balloons. I, Grummet drawing the Legion, mm-hmm. uh, this version of the Legion, I, I'm not going to go wrong with that. Scott Hanna is your anchor on that. This was written by uh, Sam Humphreys, um, and I I liked it. And, you know, Bugs seemed true to form. I mean, there were – you had thought balloons that, that gave you that, that teen angst feel. Um, Brainiac is, is – Thinking about Kara and and what good is my brilliant scientific mind if I can't save the girl I love? Mm-hmm. Um, Ultra Boy is just thinking about what good am I as a hero if I can't even tell Phantom Girl how I really feel about her? Uh, Lightning Lass, what good are my lightning powers if my parents are dead and my brother has turned evil? And Timberwolf says I could sure go for a steak right now. Uh, it's just every time someone pauses to think about something, I. I was amused. I, I got a good chuckle out of this. This was this was the first one I read, and I really liked it. So I thought, okay, cool, we're on the right path. I can dig this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, the next one I read was the Lobo Roadrunner one. So I was like, all right, so we're batting five hundred. The Jonah Hex Yosemite Sam was better. Then it, it was it was back to the step in the right direction. Uh, the uh, this one is written by um, uh, and Gray. Um, no, I'm sorry, just Jimmy Palmiotti is your script. Uh, Mark Texiera does art. Paul Mounts does your colors. Um, mm-hmm. Yosemite Sam is not made out to be a uh, the, the adult that he is in the cartoons he um, he finds a gold mine and he needs to protect it because once people find out that he has this gold mine they're going to either try to kill him or rob it so he hires Jonah Hex to kind of uh, keep an eye on things and, and almost kind of a, as a bodyguard Foghorn Leghorn is the um, is the freak show attraction to a traveling carnival uh, who's basically the um, the strong man, the boxer of the troop? Where uh, if, if you can last around with him, then you know, then 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 you win a hundred bucks or whatever. So, um, and he and he looks like a mutated giant, you know, rooster on 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 walking on his 
his back leg, so it's not. He looks like he does in the cartoon almost. It's just he's a freak on a freak show, so it it it's fitting for this story. Jonah Hex, I thought, was pretty spot on. Um, we know Tex knows how to draw him. Jimmy knows how to write the character. Uh, so this this worked. I had no problem. This one was really violent. Uh, it's a um, so again, it, it, as far as ranking them, it's still Batman Elmer Fudd, mm-hmm. Legion Bugs, then this one. Um, I haven't read the uh, Wonder Woman, Tasmanian Devil, or the uh, Martian Manhunter, Marvin the Martian special, which, so so I, I, I will get to them. I just, I needed a break since they were kind of all hit or miss. Um but I, I thought the uh, they were better than the Hanna Barbera uh, DC mashups. I felt low bar though, low bar. Yeah, Seriously I mean, yeah. I mean, so bar. it's it's. I mean, I'm glad they were better. It's I, it, it would have it would really hurt me if if they were as bad. But uh, I, I thought there was more room to play with. They they, they had different areas they could go in and, and they kind of did. I thought I, and they didn't, nothing, they didn't stick to any sort of, uh, cause I mean, Foghorn Leghorn appears in Batman and Foot. So whatever, however the right. story works with however the characters, they, the writers wanted to use and, and work with them, they were able to, it's not like it was the same version of that particular character throughout all the specials. So they were able to at least have fun with it and take things in different directions. So, um, I have no idea if they're all going to be collected in one trade. I would say, you know, read the ones that feature characters that, that you're familiar with or you like. Um, everybody knows how we feel about Tom's book and, and Tom and Lee's book. Um, like I said, I, I like the Legion book story. I thought the, um, the Jonah Yosemite Sam book was, was pretty interesting as well. Um, that's, those are the only three that I can really Fully compliment, and unless you're a Kelly Jones completist, then you can get the the Lobo Roadrunner. But that's not the um, see. That's that my least favorite. That's the thing. I thought the the uh, Lobo one was the best visually, mm-hmm. but it, the story it, it did absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, story both. I, I, I was not not in love with it at all. Um, before I forget, I the uh, since we'll get more into aftershock next week. I decided to give um, Captain Kid a shot. I read the first issue. Um, I wasn't feeling it. It's um, it is written by Mark Wade and Tom Pyre. Well, Fredo Torres does the art, and and the art works. It, it's fitting for the character. But I just, I, I pre- it, it's another story where, you know, someone says a magic, it, it's like a Shazam story, although, you know, Billy Batson is an old dude now. Um, and, and Captain Kidd is his hero persona. But I was, I wasn't sure what, it, there, there's, there's a girl dressed up and she also has powers, but she's dressed up in, in the, with the leggings and, and the, uh, the leotard. She, Basically, she's she stuck out of the eighties. Um, I don't know where 
uh, obviously I gave up too soon on it after only reading the first issue, but after reading the first one, I, I, I wasn't, um, I'm not sure if this came out with the earlier batch of books and cause it doesn't really feel like the stuff we're reading now that, that we're all kind of grooving on. This was just, it was, it was weird cause I, I saw, I remember seeing the ads and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, hell it's Mark Wade and we like Torres art, but I just, I, I, I don't know what they were going with this one. So I want to at least mention this this way when we talk about Aftershock next week and it's the good stuff. I can focus on that. All right, respect. Cool. All right, short and sweet. Got to get this out of the way. The last Valiant book. Ninjak Shadow Man. Rapture. Rapture. Numbers one and two written by Matt Kent. What? Illustrated by Cafu with uh, Roberto De La Torre and the color art, of course, by Andrew Dalhouse. E, the um, the geomancer from the future, Tama, is alerted by the book that something really nasty is happening. The uh, Tower of uh, Babel is not, or was not, the tower. There's actual uh, a person named um, Babel. And he is rebuilding the tower in hopes of thrusting a spear into the very heart of heaven. So it all happens in the dead side. Now, who in the Valiant Universe has experience in the dead side? Well, Ninjak does, and so does Punk Mambo. And they've worked together within the pages of Ninjak to retrieve... Shadow Man, who is now known as Magpie, from mm-hmm. from the dead side, and uh, nasty business ensues. Uh, in terms of art, I thought this was the most breathtaking of all of the books I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And story wise, I thought this was tops as well. This is this is if I had to pick one that would be emblematic of everything that's great at Valiant, Ninja mm-hmm. Shadow Man Rapture is the book. And I know David's going to disagree with me. Mm. I know he is. Controversy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> didn't you say that this one was the one that visually didn't really do it for you? Uh, when did I say that? I don't know. I, I remember you saying, yeah, one of the books wasn't all that, but maybe it wasn't this one. So I don't know which one it was. Was it something that we didn't talk about? I don't know. But you, I just distinctly remember you saying, yeah, one of them was just just okay. Maybe, mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't this one. You liked this one. I, I did like this one. Good. Um, yeah, no, I... I um, That's a good thing. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think. Oh no, maybe it was the. Um, was it Valiant? We were talking about the aftershock books. You know, memory fuzzy. Yeah. Don't know. Um, no, I. Um, I like Punk Mambo. I don't. I'm not. I don't know when Boniface became Magpie. Um, it's because of Master Dark and the stuff that right. Ha- this, yeah, the stuff that happened within the pages of Ninjak. Um. But I thought the uh, oh, Shadow Man sounds a lot tougher than right. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, magpie. Yeah. Magpie. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds kind of foo foo. <laughs> I uh, 
I like Tad. I think um, I, I remember seeing Tama because she was in the box after the Valiant Day. They yes, they sir. opened her up, and oh, it's the Jim it's from the future. Um, yeah, I thought the uh, no visually, I, I I really didn't have a problem with this. I thought the um, I thought the art was was, was good from Kifu. Um The uh, and even the second issue. Especially when, you know, homeboys like, uh, and the way, because of the, how he speaks and how they, they, they reverse the, they goes to Tana with, with, with some of his speech and the different colors and, oh, Babel's uh, weird. yeah, he's just yeah. weird. And then Magpie's like, well, you know, at least you're aptly named and, and, uh, cause the dude just won't shut up. But it was, um, no, I thought it was pretty fine because, and, and I, I, every time I look at Rex, I keep thinking, you know, well, that's, that's Galat. I mean, he's missing a scar, so obviously it isn't. And there's no reason for yeah. the Eternal Warrior to be in the dead side. But I'm like, he looks, I like, it's just, it's, it's Goliath with a different name. But, um, it isn't. But I thought, um. Jason, yeah. uh, Rex Razor is this barbarian type dude who inhabited the tower in the interim. And, mm-hmm. and Babel came in and kicked his ass out. Not, okay. a, not a nice guy. But a loyal guy, so mm-hmm. he he's aligned himself with uh, Ninja Shadow Man and and uh, Punk Mambo to try and get Babel the hell out of the tower. Okay, yeah, big hulking dude, great. But this this is the book because I love Punk Mambo, uh, and even the name, it's so smart that she's a a, a Brit, a, a, a punk who is experienced in the ways of the voodoo. So Mambo, I mean, it, it fits, right? And she has a Loa that's extremely powerful. And she has harnessed this, this spirit to do her bidding. And it's just it's like a big, goofy, fat frog type pink creature. And it's just whenever it's on the page, it's the only thing I fixate on is her Loa. It's great. It's just it's a fun book that's going to have like pretty big repercussions in, in the Valiant universe. Nice. Yeah. Anything to add, Dapadoodle? Dappa doodle, dappa dappa do you? The uh, no, I don't think so. Um, oh, the uh, was, she she had to tell the story again. So of course, when um, we we get to at uh, nineteen minutes later, I, I just I thought it was <laughs> a uh, I, I really thought it was it, it was smartly done. Um, yeah, Ken just seems to be. I mean, Ken's on fire in general, but I mean, he seems to have. A solid grip on on the Valiant universe. Sure, because um, he, he's piloting it. He's 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 driving the the bus, and every and a lot of the the other writers are following him. You, you, Matt Kent wants to take the reins, and you're not going to let him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's a uh, no. I I um I really really. I did like it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now to know what the hell I may have been referring to when I said that, uh, we'll find out. Something was amiss. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out. All right, everybody. Hey, we give you your money's worth, even though you're not paying. Uh, <laughs> this episode of 11 o'clock comics has been brought to you by who? Discount comic book service, DCBService.com. Remember, from Fanagraphics, now number one, anthology, 499. That's 50% off. 
from Dark Horse, Predator vs. Judge Dredd vs. Alien Splice and Dice Trade Paperback, Chris Mooneyham, Woot, $8.99, and Bloodshot Salvation from Valiant, $1.99. My In Your Travels is a bit weird. Okay. Um, it not only, I, did, I picked it not only because of the content of the book, but something that was announced within the pages of the book that I find really fascinating. Um, if you have quarter bins in your area, you will undoubtedly find this book in there. Uh, if not, I don't know if it's available on Comixology, but you'll be able to find it at a yard sale or flea market, wherever, mm-hmm. because at one time these cats were selling massive amounts of paper. It's from Chaos Comics. It's called Evil Ernie, The Movie Monsters, number one. Cover date, March 1997. Written by Phil Nutman. Pencils by Greg Lizniak. Ink Stap by Mark Pennington. Mm-hmm. Yes. Color art is by Greg Mironic. And the cover is by Justiniano. And um, somebody named Jason Jensen. Uh, it's, it's very easy to explain. We're all very, well, somewhat familiar with the, the story of Evil Ernie. Ernie Fairchild was abused by his parents. Um... They were God-fearing, book-burning, wholesome, entertainment-loving wackos who took every opportunity to beat their Stone Age sensibilities into their son. Uh, he would bring home comics. They would burn them. He wanted to go to see a Terminator 2-type movie. They said it was pornography. Uh, he had this desire to go to Universal Studios, and they never brought him. Uh, in this book, it's post-Megadeth. Uh, Evil Ernie has ignited the apocalypse. The country is in a shambles, and he is the head honcho. He's uh, frustrated because Lady Death is not around, and he loves her. So what does he do? He goes to Universal Studios, which is not called Universal Studios here. here. It's called um, uh, whatever. It's, it's a takeoff on Universal Studios. And there he runs into Dracula, Freddy Krueger, the Frankenstein monster, the xenomorph from Alien. He runs into the creature from the Black Lagoon, um, a Godzilla wannabe, uh, just all these monsters. And it's a very one-sided story where Evil Ernie just decimates them all with the button smiley in tow. That's not the most interesting thing about this book. Mm -hmm. There is a contest announced in the back pages that reads, Chaos Comics proudly presents Evil Ernie versus the Movie Monsters number one Omega Edition Contest. What's so special about this Omega Contest? To begin with, you, it is a limited edition, limited to one copy, that costs over $1,000 to produce. And that's what you win if you won this contest. And how would you win? Well, you had to tell us in a 100 words or less why your local comic shop is or isn't the coolest place to buy Chaos Comics. If they are, please um, I'll praise them. If they are, if they're not, tell us why, blah, 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 blah. But the prize was a single comic that cost over $1,000 to produce. Wow. Now, I did some searching uh-huh. There's nothing about this comic, at least that I can find, on okay. the internets that, that shows what it was 
or why it cost $1,000 to produce. I don't even know if it was made. The, the, the thing that I, I'm asking our listeners, if you have any information as to what this Omega edition of Evil Ernie versus the Movie Monsters number one was and why mm-hmm. it cost, let us know. I got to get to the bottom of this. What could possibly mm-hmm. cost $1,000 to produce one comic? No clue, dude. Since 1997, even all of the original art would cost more than $1,000, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Right. So what could it have possibly been? I want to know. I don't know. I want to know. If you do know, tell me. If you are the consummate Chaos Comics fan and know, mm-hmm. let us know. Let me know. And I'll... I'll report it. It drove me nuts when I saw that. It's like, what? And they don't tell you what it is. I got to know. That's great. Yeah. Moving on. In your travels, I uh, was doing some catching up on Superman. Mm. And uh, it asked somebody... To also, I will. I will catch up on Superman, and uh, and he did. This is this is issues twenty two through twenty six um, by Tomasi and Monkey and Mendoza and Kitana, and twenty six is actually. Is a one shot. There's a pause. Twenty five ends the Black Dawn story, which, if you've been reading Superman post rebirth, um, you may not be Cobb and his granddaughter Kathy. They may make you a bit uneasy. You're not quite sure how to how to read them. Um, it's all explained in this storyline, uh, and and what they've been doing and why they've been doing it, and and who's been kind of pulling the strings, and that's why I was really hoping somebody would read it because I have some questions. Oh, man, guilt trip galore. Seriously, you're sure you're uh, not Catholic? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> quite sure. Um, well, I am. <laughs> life the uh but that so that storyline all makes sense it all it all you know from issue one to twenty five what Tomasi was doing with the characters all um all explained because um, we've all been like we're not quite sure what the hell's going on here in 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 Hamilton county and and why why are these people always around? Did we get six c- is actually wow you you what? you dropped out yeah, for a good ten seconds I think yep there you go again there you go again get the fuck out of here no we're not kidding huh? I wish we were ah <sighs> okay what about now you're good you sound good all right redo um the uh so yeah so. One to twenty-five, Superman by, by Tomasi. If you've been, why 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 the neighbors are, are watching Jonathan? 
It's frustrating. So frustrating. Ooh. Losing you again, Dad. Yep. The internet, the, Superman. the internets do not like you. <laughs> Re Superman. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, yeah. On uh, that resounding endorsement. <laughs> um, you know, every now and then, a book that you seemingly ignore for lots of legitimate reasons is pointed out to you as something you shouldn't have ignored, and uh, and you you give it another shot, and lo and behold. You missed it. You almost you almost missed out on something that you uh, would have regretted, and that is the case with a new Marvel book, a book that is starring a character that um, we have made fun of at times. And no, I'm not talking about the uh, the yet to be published Dokken book. Uh, I'm talking about Nick Fury. Uh, this book is about the new Nick Fury, which is the young. Black eye patch wearing, aka like if Samuel Jackson was forty years younger, version that is been retconned into the the continuity as uh, as as the old Nick Fury's son. Um, but uh, old Nick Fury is now off being the Watcher, and uh, and so we've got young Nick Fury. Um, but you know, I, that was not a book when it was solicited that I was thinking, oh man, I I just got to be up on it. Um, but man, I was wrong. Written four issues have have come out. Um, written by <clears throat> James Robinson with uh, pencils by ACO, uh, inks by Hugo Petrus, um, Rachel Rosenberg on colors. This book is a freaking blast, dude. It's it's essentially been four. You know, they are slightly connected, but they're four standalone issues with each being a caper. And so, and and it's each each issue's been titled as such. So the first issue was the Sky High Caper. Uh, then the second issue was the Samurai and Moonbeam Caper. Uh, the third issue was the Assassination Locomotion Caper. And then the fourth issue was hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, was the Deep Blue Sea Caper. And you get you get the a big, almost like opening sequence movie spread and the opening pages of each of these with the caper name. And then you've got the setting and then a mission statement and then a mission addendum uh, and a clock ticking. And then you start the mission. And basically Fury is, is, is a, a, a James Bond. He's an agent, a kick-ass super agent. Um, but this book is so steeped in a love for Steranko and Nick Fury. The star of this book Rachel Rosenberg. The colors are just bright, vibrant pastels and fluorescence. It's it's almost like a Hollywood or Las Vegas um, signage come to life. Um, it, it it just revels in the psychedelic '60s style of the book. Uh, so even though it's a modern book with the modern Nick Fury, it just it's so much a love letter to Steranko, um that. I don't know how you can't love it. And uh, this this Nick Fury is in this book is written. Robinson does a great job of making him funny and likable and and uh, and and super competent. Um, you know, it's been a long time since we saw Fury uh, as a uh, either Fury as as a you know a capable standalone agent in the field. You know, Fury, the old Nick Fury for a long time was was portrayed as 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 you know, the leader of a, you know, of shield and, and more in, in the boardroom or in the helicarrier. Um, 
But dude, it's like glo- it's like a globe hopping adventure. It, the fourth issue takes place in Atlantis. Fury's got to sneak into Atlantis and try and stop a spy. It's just it's been a blast. It's just been a, a giant, uh, super intense, uh, fast paced, uh, fun loving uh, adventure comic um, under the guise of a you know a, a C list Marvel IP. So to those of you who ignored this book because you know, look, Nick Fury Jr. isn't exactly the most inspiring of characters based on what we've seen him so far. Give it a try. It's It's been a, a ton of fun, and it looks great. Sweet. Yep. I don't think you'd like it, Vince, because you don't really like spy books, but but Dad would love it. But I do like good comics, so. You do. And, and I've, you been, like I've, I've been more willing than ever to read crime comics. You are. You are, you are a tabula rasa. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, if you want more of this, you can come to our website, 11oClockComics.com. You could join us on the Facebooks because we have a group there that is lively. And the Twitters, we're on there too. Please, I hope um, we can do this. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Gonna cut out. So, good night. David. No, you did good. That was good. It was strong. Rock on, brother David. I give you the thumb up on that one. Yeah. Just the one. Yes. Come back, please. We'll be here waiting for you, and um, we'll be having lots of comics to talk about next time. I don't want to say next week because we may do another one before then. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm just saying, you never know. Slow your roll, son. We kind of know. You you never know. Something could happen (laughs) that we got Mm -hmm. to get together. Got to to get the band together and talk. Got to get you into my life. That's nice. Say good night. Good night. Peace.